This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Balog. Did you sound like you just got out of bed? <laughs> it was not bed, the toilet. And we're just two guys <laughs> who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time and order release. This week we're getting married, and it is the subject of great scrutiny and smiles and judgment. As we watch Spine 240 in the Criterion Collection, Yasujiro Ozu's Early mm. Summer from 1951. But first, RJ. Yeah. You, you're doing good there, bud. What, you, what do you mean? You're just like, you're like fingering your eyelids and like, so like, look like you're like, what the hell are we doing here? What if... It's not, it's not really the podcast per uh, se. You, I was. Do you want out of life? Oh, yeah. Is the, for sure. The prison that you feel the walls closing in? You know, as much as I joke that I don't want people to come straw dogs me, I'm just waiting for the day that like Oliver Granger. Oh no, he's the door. She movies. Oh, I didn't hear that. So maybe he's in the house already, and he's like, yeah, him or George or any of those dudes. And uh, I, I, I want them to have already got you before they come to me, though. Well, they'll, wear, I... they'll, they'll wear my face like a mask. Ding dong. To gain, hey, RJ, to gain, hey, it's your friend Jared. They'll, they'll gain entry because like Andrea will go mm-hmm. to the uh, keyhole. And she'll see my face. It's a little off. It looks like oh, Jared looks a little rough. You're like man, this uh, this COVID season's been uh, rough on J J Dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I and then I, I I would be way more accepting as long as I know that you got it first. Then I'd be oh. cool with that. Well, maybe the living will envy the dead. <laughs> Is there such a thing? <laughs> it's in some you know, circumstances. Leather daddies and discipline daddies. Oh, is there such a thing? You remember that one, Jarrett? You remember that joke? You remember? Hey, uh, you know how hot it is, Jarrett? How hot is it? I had a neighbor today actually unironically go, hot enough out here for you? Oh, because uh, I think that's what I was doing yard work today, which I know. Why would you do yard work when it's like 40 degrees Celsius? But uh, it needed to be done. So I was uh, I was doing yard work and I was sweating my, my ass off. And uh, this lady's like, is it hot enough out here for you? And I went, Because <laughs> that's all I could come up with. What would you say? I just kind of give the kind of the nod. Yeah. Say, uh, it's no, pretty hot. No verbalizing. Uh, well, I had I had uh, earphones in, and it was like audibly super loud too. And I could see them trying to talk to me, and I was like, uh, and they weren't leaving, so I was like, oh, I need to take out my my do, headphones. Do you think they'd been out there that whole time, just waiting for people to walk by so they could bust that out? I think so because afterwards uh, I heard about how they. Uh, by the way, these are neighbors that. The place beside us is a long-term rental. They just came like a month ago. Uh, we don't—I don't even know their names. But today, they decided to tell me that uh, they were on a vacation last week in BC, and uh, they live in Calgary, but their house burnt down, so they're here now. And uh, they gave me a lot of info, Jared. But they're leaving now. They're going to go move into their daughter's house. Wow. I—I I, I know a lot about these guys right now, Jared. And you'll never see them ever again. No, hopefully. Hopefully. Well, good but luck. I, I, good luck to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also took my bottles in today, and I feel like uh, I feel like the bottle depot people don't get enough credit because, like, I feel like uh, my shame 
is never more on display than when I'm emptying my bottle bags. <laughs> and uh, those guys, they're, they're just, they're total pros. They don't say anything. They, they, uh, they, they've seen it all. They've seen it all. They're like, what, 18 bags of beer cans and liquor bottles? Mm-hmm. And he's like, this isn't a problem. No. Whatever. Wine bottles just filled with used condoms. Uh, I mean, not not as much of that as more like urine, the Howard Hughes style. Uh, and you, like you know, you know Howard Hughes. Do you mm-hmm. know him? No. You're hearing about him? I heard about that guy. So anyways, I feel like those guys, uh, they're doing a good job because mm-hmm. uh, I I didn't realize I didn't realize that I may have a problem and a like a substance problem until uh, I was emptying my bottles and uh, that guy he was. He was good. He was good to me. Did he just look up at you and just go, yeah, I've seen yeah. worse. He's like, there's nothing. He said, yeah. nothing. Some some piece of shit guy, too, was like giving me dirty eyes for wearing my mask. And I was like, what an asshole, you know? This really? guy, too, I knew he was trouble as soon as I was pulling in. It's this huge parking lot. And there's like 400 stalls in front in front of the front doors. But this guy in his truck was parked, like, not in the stalls right in front, but like across the the lane and so i was pulling up and he was walking and he was walking real slow and he was just like side-eyeing me in the car i wasn't even wearing my mask yet but like you could tell he was just like it's like what are you driving here it's like i'm walking here it's like no you're in the road it's like you're in the wrong not me you know and then i put my mask on and he was giving me he was giving me eyes well <sighs> like mean eyes yeah but i saw his dirty secret too he had like 1800 cans of coke and it's like dude you're drinking too much coke that's a lot a couple cans of coke a lot of cola for one man as bad as my plans are it's nothing compared to what i mean it could could belong to a family of 10 i doubt it this miserable bastard i bet he's never had a family right and good (laughs) anyways what's new with you um I don't know. Parts? <laughs> I don't know. It's the it's the uh it's the lost days of summer. Yeah. And Pe- uh it's like the countdown's on, the return to school. Whatever right. that means. I don't know I don't know what it means. Apparently well, you work uh, in a public school system. Of a sort. Yeah. And well, uh, uh apparently I'll I'll be there. I'll be at uh-huh. work, I think I think, unless I'm told otherwise. And mm-hmm. uh we'll see how that goes. Are you nervous? No, I've been, nope. I've, been I've been working retail all summer. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's true. Actually, like, I, I mean, I, I I don't care about that part of it, but uh, I am curious what my. But I'm so busy at my job. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no downtime. That's yeah. not. That's less of the case at the other job. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what do I? What am I going to be doing? It's like I'm going to be in this empty building a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious how my days maybe, will go. Maybe you can cruise the hallways looking for treasure. Oh, I could work on my uh, PhD in YouTube. Your what? My PhD. You oh, you, you, right. You, yeah, yeah. You haven't heard about these? No, I, I was like, whoa. Well, what? it's like, yeah, like, I, think, cause we, I think we talked about this before. The uh, the guys that come in talking about herd immunity. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, talking about survival of the fittest and uh yeah i assume that most of these are coming from youtube channels those are the guys who don't wear helmets when they're on bikes too you know or wash their hands or wash their hands like that fox news guy hasn't washed his hands in uh was it 14 years or something like that yeah do you think he finally washed his hands now because of this uh, no 
He might have. He might have for a little bit, and then he stopped again. What do you think Alex Jones has been up to? Big Big Al? Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he's, like, chasing people around anymore, telling them to, like, punch him. <laughs> so we he can, can hope so. so he can legally attack you back. I don't know if yeah. that's how it works, but... Do you ever go on people's Facebooks, Jarrett, and, and like, comment something like, uh, this is my opinion, and if you don't like it, fight me? Do you ever comment stuff like that? No. No, RJ, I don't. Why I, not? I, I, have, I have seen that, though. Yeah? I, what's your What's your take on those guys? Well, my favorite one that comes to mind was a, um, a local manager of a, a retail outfit that I know. Which one, um, Old Navy? Yeah, at, at, a, at a at a local um, local at a local old owner, navy. okay. They cool. they po- they posted something along the lines of that the people were talking about defunding the police or something like that, but uh, saying the next time you hear someone say that, punch them in the face and see who they call. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. You go, yeah, no, you'd call the police. I think <laughs> pretty straightforward on that one. Um, I'm confused by the, uh, the logic to yeah. that one. You know? Well, this person got called out by, uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, by other, a whole bunch of people. And of course, they did not have any sort of, uh, response to this. Cause I guess, like, he'd be t- too busy having to, like, punch all these people. And right. so, like, the next day, posted some, like, bullshit video of some, like, ripped, like, asshole looking dude saying, like, hey, man, we're all entitled to our opinions. <laughs> Doesn't mean I think any less of you. And you're like, what? It's like, buddy. So you saw this guy's meltdown live on Facebook. But, eh? but it was like a meltdown via memes. Well, Jared, I don't know if you know this, but it's 2020, man. The world only communication is memes. It's like, uh, do you remember that strong well, Catholic if, lizard? That, that's true if you're on the internet. Yeah. It's like, look at what our uh, our social media has turned into. But also look oh, at what... Right. Um, so remember that Star Trek episode, Jarrett, where the guy talks and like uh, it's like with he- arms open, mm-hmm. arms that strong Catholic lizard, it's like that, but memes in current day or not. Hey man, just because you aren't on the meme train doesn't mean it's it's not happening. And you know what? I uh, I welcome the new meme future. Clearly, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's much of a choice. That memes are the new form of communication? Yeah, it's. I think, well, it is definitely a form of communication. Yeah, all things are. No. What's your What's your number one form of communication, you would say? <laughs> mm. Like your favorite. My favorite form of communication. Wow. Yeah. I think uh, <laughs> listener emails. Oh, wow. What a transition. <laughs> Boom. Look at Any that. Any females? Not a one. Oh. In fact, this is like got to be an all-time low. What in, do we in, got in recent for the times? Two. Oh. What, what is this? Two years ago. What is this? Four years ago, when it was only Oliver and Josh emailing in. Once in a while. Now it's only Oliver and. Uh, or half sometimes... of, half of our uh, episode length is just email. Yeah. And now we got two emails. Sure. What are we supposed to do? Uh, I could read you some of the private messages I've been getting. Uh-oh. Um, why doesn't Jarrett like our memes? Jarrett should like our memes. Memes. Interesting, right? 
very interesting very interesting all right well i mean i guess we'll hit the two that we have all right then Mm -hmm. from rob eagle no subject hi creeps with rj nearing the end of his star trek the next generation marathon i guess he'll Mm. soon be looking for his space alien fix elsewhere Mm. i enjoyed a russian creature feature last week sputnik a familiar story, oh, yeah. sure, but I appreciated the lack of jump scares and gung-ho testosterone. The Russian setting was a welcome change of scenery, too. So, when next gen is finished, RJ might want to check it out, as he'll no longer be spending hours at a time entertaining himself with his Picard on. My what? Sorry? Regards, Rob Eagle. Well, it's nice of him for the, the recommendation. I've heard of Sputnik from uh, a few people. Uh, it does sound good looks cool uh i don't know how we will be able to watch it uh it's not available to us yet but um hopefully one day i guess yet right here i don't think it it's available for us yet okay let me see well i mean isn't that how he watched it i think it's on vod some in some places yeah i've seen i think a, a person or two in letterboxd log it it seemed mm-hmm. to be getting real mediocre three stars, which I guess well, is fine. Good. Yeah, there's three people I follow. Zombade gave it three and a half stars, and the Horror Doctor gave it three and a half stars. So that's huge. How to watch this thing, Jared? But um, it was directed by a guy named Igor Abramenko. Wow. You think he's Russian? Uh, a strong possibility of that. What, uh, what do you think's going on over there in Russia? What's going on? Well, yeah. I, um, a, a, a whole lot of nothing good. Okay. Hey, how about that Belarus, hey? Woo. Wow. Wild. Our last email uh, from oh, dear. Justin Peterson. Well, may, maybe Frank will send one in uh, when we're an hour into recording. Maybe. Yeah. Justin's okay. email to the creeps. Hey, Jerry and RJ, what's happening? With me uh, with me being a rush last week, I for completely forgot about the topic of mentioning some of the top movies you guys were not that into that I enjoyed. Just sticking Uh-oh. with Criterions, these ones came to mind. Picnic at Hanging Rock. Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't th- like that movie. Three Women. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that movie. Tin Drum. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I didn't know what to think of that movie. And dare I mention Chasing Amy and Walkabout. Uh, Walkabout is not my kind of stuff. But uh, I know you're a big Chasing Amy guy, so. Uh, Yeah. Big Chasing Amy guy, right? Yeah. What do you think the next Kevin Smith movie to be added to the collection will be? Hmm. I think only Clerks would possibly be added. Uh, Tusk is going to get the uh, yeah, that's Criterion your, that, treatment. Is that your pick? Well, I mean, I think based on what's getting added to the collection nowadays, why not put Tusk in there? Who gives a shit now? <laughs> right? We can talk about that later, but... We will, we will. Uh, goat movie question of the week. Cool, cool. What are your greatest of all time Willem Dafoe movies? The Last Temptation uh... of Christ would be mine, number one. He was also a lot of fun in The Lighthouse and the only character that was tolerable in The Florida Project. Uh, He's very good in The Florida Project. I'm going to go with the Criterion Collection film Fishing with John. Uh, I think that is a great Willem Dafoe uh, offering. Uh, It is my number one pick. 
And then as my number two pick, Jarrett, I mean, have you seen him in Aquaman as Volko? Have you seen him? No. Okay, I won't pick that then. I'll pick something else. What about you? Ooh, boy. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, you got Life Aquatic. It's pretty, actually, yeah, that's, he's very good in that. Oh, yeah. Some of the deliveries of uh, his lines in Life Aquatic are ace. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty, he's pretty stunning. Stunning? That yeah, that's movie. a word I would use. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What about in The Vampire's Assistant? Do you like him in that movie? What about an uh, affliction? Wait a minute, are you talking about that like Cirque del Vampire movie? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, John C. Riley's in that. I too. know. I I am always curious, but I didn't realize uh, Willem Dafoe's in that as well. Uh, yeah, let's have a look at who's all in here. John C. Riley, uh, Selma Hayek. That's pretty cool. Ray Stevenson, Ken Watanabe, Orlando Jones, Willem Dafoe. Man, I've saw five move five minutes of this movie once. Are you gonna uh, add it to your Creeptober list? Wild at Heart. He's oh yeah, pretty. His teeth are pretty great in that. Oof, scary guy. No, he's gonna come gnaw on you a little bit. Isn't that how uh, how you approach uh, your relationships? Also, coming no. to gnaw on people. A lot, a lot, a lot of gnawing. Mhm. Mhm. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you betcha. Oh, you betcha. Uh, yeah, fishing with John. Life Aquatic's pretty good, though. Mm-hmm. You Are you a big Spider-Man guy? I know uh, that real guy. I guess he's not real. He didn't email in. He uh, Jared Berger seems to be a big fan. Do you like uh, Willem Dafoe's uh, Osborne? Well, Norman? I think I've talked... I feel like I've talked about this before when uh, years ago, and I was like, you know what would be an awesome Joker? That guy that's in Speed 2. Ah, do you think Speed 2 is uh, one of the best, then? No. But I, was, oh. but I was like, I think the first movie where uh, Willem Dafoe jumped out at me, uh, mm-hmm. as far as like, what's this? What's this, what's with this weird looking guy? And it's like he's got a really great smile. It's like pretty super villainy, and it's like he'd be a great Joker. But then he became Green Goblin. What about Brad Dourif? Well, I mean, now I would definitely say Brad Dourif would would have been a, an amazing Joker in his heyday. Still could. Mm. Who, who knows what they'll do now like uh you got robert pattinson in there you know what they should just instead of doing someone like jared leto they should flip it and do someone like brad duraf bring him back that dude uh who's making that matt reeves he seems like a cool dude maybe he'll do it but yeah definitely i think the Willem Dafoe is klaus from life aquatic mm. i think is probably my uh, <laughs> just thinking about it puts a smile on my face i uh there's that one scene where uh where he's mad. Do you remember that scene? It's a good scene. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's, uh, great. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think those are good picks. Yeah. Very good picks. Do you think Justin caught a big fish? He, uh, well, let's find out. If he, oh, okay. if he follows up on his uh, success on fishing. Okay. With hearing RJ undersell American Pickle last week, I realized <laughs> that he is the master of describing movies in a way that will make Jarrett never want to see them. <laughs> Another example includes three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I would love to hear Jared concurred with RJ on both those picks, but we are still waiting for his thoughts on a movie he actually wants to see with the house that Jack built. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. 
all I got to say is I don't think I'm underselling things. I'm I'm literally talking about what the movies are. So, but here's the here's the real kicker, Jared. I think that if you watched either of those movies, you would be far more critical of them than I was. So that's just my guess. I don't want to taint the water here in case you ever do watch those movies. But mm-hmm. uh, I feel like you would uh, you'd be way rough on both of those. <laughs> Well, you've way seen more than me. you've seen movies with me before. You you've been in those car rides afterwards. Uh, I under I I understand the uh, yeah. the atmosphere of the scary place. <laughs> you say that again? I said the atmosphere of the Duncan verse. It's a oh, it's a yeah. scary place. Yeah, it's like the end. Was it the under? The uh, for what? In Stranger every, Things. Everything. Every, every every fucking comic book has like the mm. the underside of the DC universe, or yeah, the other the upside place, down. The upside down. Uh, I liked uh, what was it? The, um, the, the Tundra. I can't remember where it was, but they described it as the further. I liked that the best. Yeah. What is that from? The further. I like the beyond. Further. What is that from, Jared? The further. Uh, Insidious. Ah. Oh, maybe it wasn't. Oh, no way. But not Sinister. Maybe it's... I think that sounds right. I think it's Insidious. I like that one the best, the further. That's a cool cool (laughs) way to describe it. Dark Shadow Dimensions. Uh, The Black Lodge. Oh, the Black Lodge is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Black Lodge is pretty good. It's very very OG, I think. Because I think think everything wants to rip off the Black Lodge. Well, yeah. I mean, clearly. Every... That's all uh, some people do. There's some that, comic artists. Uh, there's that one, that French miniseries, uh, Through the Walls. That's kind of like a, that kind of... Uh, Beyond the Walls? Beyond the Walls, yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a good further, for sure. It is. Well, what are the other ones? Man, there's so many it called. feels like. Huh? What do you think the creeps further would be called? Uh, a good place. The, a good place yeah 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 gonna, so are you gonna we're just trying to get to the good place you know it's not gonna happen on this podcast so are you gonna watch those two movies what two movies three billboards, three billboards. and uh american pickle yeah weren't you weren't you just saying the other day that you have crave now yeah so you could watch american pickle i could i'm sure you i can know? also watch three billboards yeah, you could. I, I could you, you're a big I, Sam Rockwell I could, guy. I could, I could do a lot of things. Maybe when you're at your job and you're just pacing the hallways because uh, it's empty and there's nothing to do, mm-hmm. maybe you can do some of them then. Yeah, pacing the hallways, waiting for somebody to just come coughing at me. Just, <laughs> I'm fine. I just swallowed a peanut the wrong way. <laughs> I, I've noticed that, actually. I was a... Uh, I was in public a while ago and a lady coughed and she's like, oh, she's like, I'm fine. And that's all she said. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I like, that's the first thing someone with COVID would probably say. I'm is, fine. Oh, I'm fine. Don't worry. It's not COVID. It's, it's something else. It, it's not me. It's you. Yeah. You have it's, COVID. That's got to be the ultimate uh, way to get out of that, right? If someone's like, do you have COVID? Be like, maybe you have COVID. And then you walk away. Finally, I got oh, really yep. behind on my reviews recently, so I did a few rewatches to help me catch up, including revisiting Breaking the Waves, and the next one will be Stalker. Off the top of your head, which movies are you most interested in rewatching ASAP? Uh, we got a pretty big one coming up in September. That's pretty cool. 
That's other true. Than, other than that, That's not true. much. What about you, hot dog? Yeah, well, I've got a, I've got that list, but I, actually, sometimes I think I should just be rewatching creature comfort movies. Um, you should just to I don't know, be enjoy myself. <laughs> well, you know what I was thinking, Jared. Next, next Creeptober will be the fifth Creeptober. I I was thinking of maybe just doing an entire rewatch month. Yeah. Maybe not entire, but you know what? He- heavy rewatch. Re- rewatch like some uh, like the, the top picks from previous some, years. Yeah, some actual good movies that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Watch, not the uh, whole thing, but you know, like 80%. Oh, fuck it. What's that one called? The the really low-budget SOV movie. Video Violence? Yes. Yeah. That What was that thing that a uh, friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, sent me and I sent to you? It was a. Oh, the or vinyl? He sent to both of us. Yeah, the vinyl. That was pretty cool. Yes, it was. Very cool. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find my list with uh, my rewatches for rewatches. Yeah. God damn it. That's one thing on Letterboxd. They don't have a search function that works great for looking at your lists that are private. Uh, that I that I've been able to figure out anyway. You just have to go through pages and pages. How many private uh, lists do you have? Lots. What's in those lists? Movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to rewatch Crumb because it feels like it's been a little while. It's actually been a long time since I've seen Crumb. Mm. And I love that Crumb. When's that coming up in the collection? Well, not for a long time. Okay. I'll watch it before then. Okay. Didn't you say once that you, at a I've, point I, you were man, watching Crumb every day? Yeah. Well, I haven't watched it for like probably 10 years now, though. How I've, do you go? Well, I guess you every day can turn into 10 years. Yeah, it's true. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's like probably my slam dunk. I mean, actually, a lot of these are Criterion's. Mishima, I've only ever seen the one oh. time, but I would Ooh. like to rewatch that. Uh, Taking up Pelham One Two Three is. Uh, yeah. I should probably just rewatch Charlie Varick if I ever get it back mm. from this piece of oh. shit I lent it to. I never gave it back. No. You can come sit on the deck. Yeah. And uh, you can roast in the sun. I'll give it to Ooh. you then. This is pretty good roasting uh, times right now. Oh yeah, you, I have an umbrella, but I'm not going to pop it out for you. Witchfinder General. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a pretty nice one. Some Road Warrior would be probably a good rewatch. New York Ripper. I actually would really like to rewatch, but watch that one's it, about farts, right? Watch it. Yes, RJ. It's about farts. I, there's a 4K of it now too. <laughs> that I think like Amazon.ca only wants like sixty dollars for. Hmm. Is 4K good? It's not too bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I've I've never seen it. And uh, it's been a while. I'd probably rewatch A Simple Plan, see if it uh, knocks my socks off as it did when I was uh, in high school. The uh, Bill Paxton one? That's right, RJ. Is that Bill? That's Bill Paxton, right? It is. And Billy okay. Bob. Billy Bob. That's Sam Raimi, isn't it? Yes, it is. Wow. Wow. Look at movies are crazy, Jared. Look at all the connections we have. You know? You know? You know? He don't know. Justin concludes, thanks for the time, gents. I hope I did not come off too negative. I did not have the greatest day work-wise. Anyways, have a great show. Cheers. I didn't think he was negative at all. Did you? Not really. No? I thought it was good. (laughs) I thought you were good, man. Uh, But yeah, I don't know, dude. 
I think Jarrett should watch Three Billboards. Let's see what he says. Add it to the Patreon list uh, after radio. You got to watch radio first more than anything else. It's uh, perfect time because it's we're going into football season. Would be. Would be. Would be. You know. So you got to get your sports some some other wager. What the sports? Fuck? What? Oh no! I was just looking ahead at something. I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, that's I've never seen that in four years of podcasting. What is it? We'll get there. Hey, RJ. Yo. And everyone, thanks for the emails, all two of you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Where's Where's our Jared? And where's our Sams? And our Franks? Both, and our Franks, and our and our oh. Sugars, and our Georges, and our Aarons, and our, and our, and our Olivers. Corpses. And Corpse, and Rupa, and Viv, and all those guys. This is blood on your hands, folks. Well, I mean, I guess it's time to end the podcast for good. RJ. Yes. What you been creeping on this week? Ooh, I only really have one movie, Jerp, but I have some other bigger things. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I would be remiss not to mention that today is Jonathan Frake's birthday. Horny Holy Riker himself. Fuck. I believe he turned 69. Ha! I got him. Uh, actually, I wonder how old he is. How old is uh, old John? Let's let's check it out. Let's check it out. I imagine he's, you know, the sex one. Oh, I was. He's sixty-eight. Oh, fuck! Frakes fucked up again. Okay, we gotta flag this for next year because uh, when Horny Riker turns sixty-nine, I think it's gonna be something to. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of people commenting nice on his uh, his birthday wishes. You know, it'll be a good time to repost that one drawing of him. Oh, did you draw that yourself? No, I wish. I wish I was okay. that. I wish I was that talented. Okay, I, I I wasn't sure. I didn't want to ask. So wait, if Riker's thirty-eight, how old is Patrick Stewart? With Riker's thirty-eight, <laughs> sixty-eight. How old is Patrick Stewart? Old. He's oh, his, yeah, he's in his eighties. Okay, so Patrick Stewart was born in 1940, so he's oh. 80 years old. Yeah, yeah, because I was when I was watching Generations, seeing him next to oh, he's he's bang um, on 80 years old. Damn. Yeah, exactly. Because I was seeing him next to Shat, and I was like, man, I was like, there's not really a huge difference between Shat and uh and old Patrick Stewart. How old is Shatner? Shatman. Yeah. Shit. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, he he's older. This is this is the content people want. Uh, look at Wikipedia live. Yeah, wow. talking about eighty nine. How... Ooh, see, he's not that much older, but that's pretty fucking old. Eighty nine. Weren't they going after him last week? Who? Do you mean Shat. they? They? Yeah. The police. The internet cops. Yeah, yeah. the internet. Well, people. Yeah, I heard they tried to uh, maybe arrest him. He, he was, I think he was complaining about like being called a white man, becoming a cis uh, white man. He, he was tweeting about it, and yeah. uh, you know how that goes. <laughs> and they'll get you nine times out of ten. I'll, they'll try. Well, did you know that uh, Patrick Stewart was the voice of Adventure in The Page Master? I never knew that. Something else. Page Master is one of my favorite shows, Jer. I know. There's something else that came about Page Master recently, and I can't remember. About what it Page was. Master? Yeah, there's something. 
somebody was in that. And I was like, huh, Page Master strikes again. Well, I'm pretty sure Whoopi is in Page Master, too. Uh, so Patrick Stewart's Adventure. Uh, yeah, Whoopi is Fantasy. Frank Welker is Horror. Nimoy's in here. Uh, Ed Bagley Jr. is in here. Who's Frank Welker? Who is this guy? He's in all the Transformers movies as Megatron. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, so that's cool. Hey, do you want to hear about Star Trek? Yes, please. As does everyone else. So because I'm I done. guess like I guess the for some people they're hoping the nightmare is over. Do they know that there's like five other series I could be wa- I can watch after this? Uh, they would probably prefer not to know that. Well, so okay, here before I start, we should have this conversation now. Are you going to want play-by-plays on uh, DS9, yes. Voyager, yes. Enterprise, yes. Discovery? Yes. <sighs> okay. So, because like, see, my, my thinking was on this, RJ, yeah. and I don't know. I, I should run this by you since this is going to be, like, very RJ-centric. But I was thinking I could take all the segments of you talking about Next Gen mm-hmm. and compile them into a super clip <sighs> for oh. YouTube. <laughs> oh, my God. That is amazing jared i was thinking I, about uh, it i haven't i haven't pulled the trigger yet because that actually will take a little bit of time and effort which uh i'm like right now i'm trying to put my efforts and time into things that uh i enjoy and i don't know mm-hmm. if uh, listening to you <laughs> say episode uh, season five episode 14 jordy falls down a hole two out of f- <laughs> two out of five or two out of four stars do, i don't do know i don't know if, i don't know if i can handle it. i don't know I, it's, it's possible like Fuck, this is the thing we were if we could we could literally like i mean at this point we could launch into like a, a side podcast where we just start mm-hmm. reviewing seasons of star trek that don't actually exist for next generation and just describe oh. like p- potential episodes based on sure. the the trajectory of each season because you can be like okay there's got to be an episode right. focused on each one of the guys and there'll be one where it's like the ensemble episode where there's like a big mm-hmm. a, we'll do like every season we'll have like a horror episode thrown in for halloween we'll I do it, it we'll do it actually properly where it's not just randomly throughout it but it's like every halloween mm-hmm. there's like a a spooky star trek spooky season star trek so no, no no just one episode per season okay yeah Try okay keep, yeah. I- well, I got to say, Jerry, this is – and for people listening, this is the first time hearing of it. And so unless you edit this out so it's a surprise, uh, I've never seen – I haven't seen this much genuine excitement in uh, months, maybe even a year. So uh, I, I am fully on board. That's uh, – I'm ready to rock and roll on this thing any, any day of the week, buddy. No. We'll just start – with the right entire like half seasons every single week. Yep. That won't get well, old at all. No, not at all. Well, if you – I, I, I'm totally on board with it. I mean, what am I doing now? Watching like an entire season of Star Trek in a week? I have the time, clearly. I mean, uh, I feel like this is where, oh man, this would be so bad because I could get really into this and like come up with characters that would be like, oh man, they bring in a new character. Wesley's back, but he's back for like episodes mm-hmm. and then like figuring out like new new ways of using Alexander. I see. I would love to get more Alexander because I feel like we need teenage it's, it's Alexander. Real, it's some real fanfic, non-sexy, non, non, non-sexual fanfic, RJ. Okay. Oh yeah, I'd be on. Well, you don't have to look at me. Other than I would, like uh, the, maybe the rise of the Predator, the Alpha Predator Riker. <laughs> well, okay. What was the what was the uh, opposite Riker? Was it Thomas Riker? Yes. Uh, yeah. Like, see, I feel like we never got more. 
more of that. We needed more Thomas Riker versus actual Riker to see who's sexier. Do you know what I mean? See who's really hornier. <laughs> These are all things that we could work out over seasons over seasons. Uh, I think this is a great idea. And I, I for one, would say if you were going to compile these things on your own time, I'll, I'll do double duty and watch uh, whatever movies I need to watch to fill in a, the podcast proper just to, just to make sure that it happens. I was going to put out my notes that I have for these, but I think what you have sounds a lot better. <laughs> because like it was just going to be pictures of my notes, and I don't know who would be interested in that. I did know that uh, – or I heard that uh, those Red Letter Media boys just did their TNG review – uh oh. so i i know it's hot out there but i i haven't watched that i think i've said many times i don't really watch other reviewers anymore just uh not in a weird way it's just like i don't know i don't want to like copy someone accidentally i don't want to shy a buffet so mm-hmm. uh but so i mean the time is ripe i mean people yeah i said ripe uh people uh <laughs> people need stuff to do right now jared so maybe star trek fanfic is is what they need Me, you know mayhaps Man. Well, then I, I better go full steam ahead with the rest of the Star Trek then. I think there, so. so. I think so. People will be pleased to know. And uh, I'm sure Oliver will be pleased because uh, I know he's uh, he's just he's like a couple weeks ahead. And uh, I, I think he was uh, maybe scared that I was going to pass him and spoil it for him. But uh, I, I am also going back to work in two weeks to the schools just like you. So uh, I imagine I'll probably not be able to watch entire half seasons of star trek in an entire week so we'll see i eh? think i think you could definitely make them up though oh i could make up uh i can make up 10 for you right now mm-hmm. one riker's horny boom done two in alexander what, in, in growls what at someone yeah in what way though in every way he's he uh he comes out as pansexual oh, and shit. uh i'm to no one's surprise so okay so i do remember this like i think there was like a twitter page at one point okay. where they actually made season eight like or something like that or people like would make people? yeah like they make their own episodes okay like yeah, tng season eight alien monks think riker is a demon and trap him in an orb data and jordy decide to make a movie together it's terrible see i i like that quite a bit so oh. did they already do all the work uh, they might have. I, I think there's more to it. It seems like they retweet a bunch of shit now. Their heart's not in it. So the last real ones like was like May 11th, 2018. Uh, a trap is... Oh, look, I love the accompanying image, though. Do they have a... They have like a single image for it's, each one. It, well, no, it's 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 just the the image they went with for the uh, twi- the Twitter is. Uh, Picard. Are you sending this to me? No, just type in. Oh, it's okay. like TNG underscore S eight. Okay. A trapezoid challenges Picard to a race. Data and Jordy discover they've been sleeping with the same hologram. And so has Riker. Okay. The, that That is pretty good. But this image, I, I was going to say, I was going to send you this because it doesn't look like it's those aren't his real hands, right? <laughs> I think those are someone else's hands that are playing the uh, the flute for him. I thought that as soon as I saw it and I, uh, I took a picture of it because I was like, I don't think that's his hands. Man, they're really promoting the lower decks. I, uh, by the way, I I watched the first episode of the lower decks, so I can talk about that uh, when we get to it. A, a glowing orb tricks the crew into thinking it's cool, but is a dick to Data when they're alone. Riker's <laughs> wife and son make a surprise visit. He's what? 
Picard wants racist aliens to stop being so damn racist. Riker accidentally sells data to a prostitute. See, they did it. Picard wrestles with the ethical ramifications of altering a murderer's memories. Also, someone pooped in the holodeck and now it's ruined. (laughs) See, that's what that movie's about. Uh, (laughs) See, I think... Did these people already do it? Did they already win? I think they might have. Apparently, there, there was a book. There was a book called Star Trek The Next Generation Warped. An engaging guide to the never aired eighth season. Hmm. It looks pretty shitty. It's pretty dorky looking with cute little Star Trek. Like it looks like those bad, uh, like pop vinyl things. Yeah, it's that style that it will not mm-hmm. age well. But well, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that people were into Trek this way. So I'm surprised that you don't own this book already. Because don't you never, own I, I most do, of I, the I do, Trek? Books? I do remember when this. Uh, Twitter was the rage, and I mean that in the uh, <laughs> the lightest way possible because I don't think anyone yeah. really cared. But some of these are really good. Uh, Riker protects a class of alien school kids and their attractive teacher during a lava storm. A flock of tiny, flightless birds hunt Wesley. It's pretty good. An alien boy pretends Data is his science fair project to hide him from military forces. Ronix, right, Ronix, Riker's sonic shower is set to silky jazz. It's got it all. It's all here. It's all here. Well, we can do, we can discuss uh, our side tricks. A, a, a Ferengi attracts the Borg towards a colony he wants to loot. Riker's replicator catchphrase, steak for mouth, hot, needs work. <laughs> Well, I mean, hey, how how did that uh that Star Trek Next Generation quiz go? By the way, uh, I got Bev Crusher, which I was a little surprised by, to be honest. You're such a Bev Crusher. Like you can see through like the questions, like some of them are so obvious. They're like, do you avoid social interactions? And also, you have no emotions. And it's like, hmm, I wonder who they're uh, playing playing at here. But uh, yeah, I was I was I was surprised oh. that. Uh, All right. Well, enough enough about that. We, we, oh, okay, we, we're in the home stretch here. We got we got season seven, the second. So I'll hit you with the rest of the series. Yep. Uh, I'll give you my very brief overall thoughts, and then I'll talk about generations. How's that yeah, sound? That sounds amazing. All right. So last week I left off at thirteen. So uh, seven oh, fourteen. Fuck me. Are you serious? <laughs> seven fourteen. Rape Ghost by Jarrett Duncan. No, no, no. One star. It's okay. This is the episode that, like, it's like such a fucking turkey that it's I, so weird, man. So, like, oh, so Sub Rosa. Mm-hmm. And you know who this Ronin is, RJ? No. Duncan Regere, Dracula, Monster Squad, aka Hometown Creepsville, Canada. He is. Yes, RJ. He is <laughs> what? Born born in Creepsville, Alberta, Canada. Sub Rosa Ronin Ghost in the worst probably one of the worst episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation and Dracula from oh, Monster Squad. This dude's from here? From here. This is revolutionary information, Jared. I I I didn't know that. I, I've been waiting all this time. Duncan Rhaegar? 
Rager? R- R- Rager, I believe it's pronounced. Who, who is this guy? Where did he go to school here? You have to... I'm so interested. <laughs> Six five? Holy shit. He was a tall dude. He was. Uh, He's alive still. Yeah, he 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 is alive. Uh, man, this is wild stuff. Did he wait? So, oh, he was only born here. He was raised in Victoria. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Still, still. His father was a Russian artist. See, I didn't even know that, and I I made the rape ghost connection to Jared Duncan, let alone Duncan mm-hmm. Regiers. Oh, yeah, and he was wow. also uh, Zorro on the uh, Family Channel TV show, Zorro, which came on the air when you basically were born. So, I mean, that's pretty cool, I guess. I thought that show was really cool when I was a kid. Zorro? Yeah, the that was on Family Channel. Mm. 88. Man. See? His boxing at seems level. What does that mean? Did he go to the Olympics, or they people just thought he was... He could have. <laughs> I feel like it was a could have. Oh, look, he has a website. His dad was a Russian Mennonite, but also a microbiologist <laughs> and a painter. Hey, I mean, you were talking about Russia before. Raygear says surname is pronounced Raygear. It's weird. Uh, yeah, this is mind blowing, Jarrett. <laughs> Had his own cable talk show at age 14. Well, I mean, we have a podcast, so, like, yeah, it's almost the same Oh, thing. He, he also uh, had a stint in Airbud World Pup. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Not bad. What sport do they play in that one? I'm assuming the football. Football? All right, all right. Oh, I'm right. right. Look at them playing football with a soccer ball. That's so funny. Because I think they have pretty much one of every sport with these guys with air buds right yes yeah okay so anyways that's a bad episode that, yeah it's real stinky and it's very like there's no other characters in it it's just like watching uh old uh gates mcfadden walking around in a in a slip walking around in her nightgown in the like a woods a spooky woods and it's like her grandmother had some like locket and there's like a some sort of he's like a ghost parasite he's like connected to a candle or something yep. and, uh he he's literally rape ghost. He's just there to fulfill their sexual fantasies, but uh, he do, he won't let them leave either. Mm-hmm. It's very strange, man. Yeah, it's very very strange. It's not a yeah. It's like is this? I mean, yeah. I hate. Oh yeah, actually, look at that. In 2016, fans of the 50th anniversary Star Trek convention voted Sub Rose as the sixth worst episode of any Star Trek series. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Of oh, any. But, but it was ranked the eighth best romantic episode of Star Trek, noted for its exploration of sexual dreams. It's okay. So overall, it's bottom ten of the absolute worst. But when we're talking about sexual romance, it's in the top ten. Yeah, that's that's silly, silly, Jared. So that's a bad episode. Well, uh, okay. So I'm looking at this list. The, uh, the the what the worst episodes are. So the worst episode is an episode of Enterprise. Okay. Uh, number two is Next Generation Code of Honor. That is Code of Honor. Yeah, that's like the words like Black People Planet. It's like from season. Uh, I think it's that one. 
I can't. I'll look it up. You can keep yeah, talking. Yeah, I just remember like that one's got some. Uh, it hasn't aged well. Oh yeah, it is totally that episode. Black people planet. Yep. Oh boy. Oh, that's um, that's episode three in season one. Is yeah. that the one where they like kidnap? Uh, yeah, they're like kidnap rapers because they want yep. that. Yeah, I, I remember. That's a bad episode. Yep. Uh, Threshold via Esma Voyager episode. Turnabout Intruder from the original series. Shades of Grey, Next Generation. Sub Rosa, Next Generation. And The Children Shall Lead. Oh, yeah. That episode stinks from the original series. Move Along Home. Oh, some Deep Space Nine representation. Uh, the Alternative Factor from the original series. And Precious Cargo from Enterprise. It's a nice spread. Everyone got... Uh, yeah. Everyone got some. Was shit. there any Voyager on there? Yeah. Uh, oh, there was. Yeah, Threshold. Okay. People, people. Hey, you know, I, I, I remember you said you weren't a big Voyager guy, but some people are saying Voyager's not bad. Some we'll, people are saying. Well, well, we'll see what happens when you get there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, Sub Rosa sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, Seven fifteen. <715. laughs> is uh my review is nerds two out of four stars so that is the lower decks so i know everyone's really hot on this i thought it was fine i didn't think it was like that that like crazy of a thing because everyone's like oh it focuses on the other characters but it only a little bit i think it like you still have like Riker and wharf and all those guys around there too so it's uh it's okay i don't know what's your opinion of the lower decks i don't remember it too much yeah it uh i think the ending is good uh like the ending of the episode is really good because uh you have like one of those rare or not even rare but like one of those tng moments where the show actually gets really dark for a second like um like there's one there's one that comes later too like in the last episode where i like i i had my hands on my head and i was like what like because i couldn't believe the show would go go there uh so lower decks is a good ending but uh, the rest of the episode, I think it's, I think it's fine. Like it's it's good enough. Uh, but speaking of which, Jared, I did watch that the first episode of that animated Rick and Morty show, The Lower Decks. So I know I know you're super interested in, the, in, in that show, right? Oh yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it was fine. Um, I know a lot of Star Trek people were getting real mad about it, but mm-hmm. like. It, cause it is, it's just like comedy animated and I don't know, it's not totally for me. I'm probably going to watch it anyways when I get there, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fine. I don't know why people get so mad. It's not like great or anything either, but who, who cares, right? Who cares, Jared? Who cares? Uh, but so I watched the first one cause it takes place TNG. That episode ended and it's kind of gross where they're like, do you know, uh, Deanna Troy? And I was like, Ugh, get out of here. Um, but I heard there's also Voyager references. So I was like, Oh, so I guess it technically comes after Voyager. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know All right. Back on the train here. Seven sixteen. data hair, all messy. One out of four stars. Whoa. So data is, Frankenstein in this episode he lands on a planet and he has memory loss uh, I think it's I, I say all the time I don't like memory losses I don't like uh, or like the amnesia episodes I don't like the body swaps so he lands there he doesn't know who he is and then everyone gets radiation poisoning and he turns into like a Frankenstein monster and uh, he tries to save him and then they kill him hmm. and they have to bring him back up to the ship to resurrect him right i was not a fan 
717 body swap kabuki cedar one out of four <laughs> stars <laughs> i do not like this shit so this is masks uh this is where data is like a thousand people he's like a legion and he like like all these episodes when data isn't data i feel like his brent spiner just really wanted to like ham up the scene and so he's like he he's every like minute he changes into a new person and i was like uh, i was like i'm not into this at all <laughs> I, I don't know if I mean, other people they're, like they're, who, did he direct this episode by chance i'm not sure let's see masks uh directed by robert Wer- weimer okay i don't know who that is a director uh, of, of stuff yeah. uh he okay so his episodes rj data's day interface lessons masks parallels schisms violations mm. who watches the watchers well parallels is really good episode it's like why oh, i thought you also, I thought, weren't you a, weren't you a big schisms boy yeah schisms is really good that's the uh, abduction one right or, I don't know them by their actual names. I just know them by my my things. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like it. But you know, what are you gonna do? It's tough right but here? fair. All right, seven eighteen. Uh, we got the Shawshank rapist on board the Enterprise, <laughs> and then uh, Warf well, and Andy Fox. Dupree. Uh, yeah. So uh, the guy who rapes Andy Dupree in Shawshank Redemption, he's on the Enterprise now as a, a bad Bog, guy. What, Boggs? Yep, Boggs himself. Uh, and then also Worf Fox. So, uh, Does he this fuck is, Boggs? Uh, that's, uh, it, it could happen off screen, off panel. Hmm. Uh, this episode is Eye of the Beholder, where a, a guy commits suicide in the opening of this episode. And you go, whoa. 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 <laughs> Whoa. Uh, and then this is the episode where Deanna and Worf uh, hook up, Jared. Finally. So, well, it was implied way earlier in uh, Parallels, actually, because in all the alternate dimensions, they're, they're like married and stuff. And he's like, well, we're not in my dimension. Uh, this episode's okay. Sorry. Two out of four. Okay. Jared, 719. So this episode's called Genesis. Uh, Here is my three-line review. Oh, man. (laughs) Barkley Midwives Spot, Goiter City, Skinwalkers, Werewolf Frogs, De-Evolution, Spider Barkley, Gorilla Wharf, Spot is an iguana? No. Four out of four stars, baby. (laughs) Genesis is so good. Yeah, so good. Yeah, that that episode uh, was pretty wicked as a kid. Yeah, Sp- yeah. Spider Barkley was amazing. Yeah, like so. Tell me what you think of Genesis. What, well, or if you remember it? I remember. All I remember is that like it was it is like a full on horror movie, like mm-hmm. in space, uh, where people are devolving. It's like why? About I don't get quite like how Barkley is a spider. <laughs> Well, okay, so I, I don't, there's, I like, it's not real science. No, it's not. Uh, it's not at all. Well, I think what it is is like some of they're de evolving, but some of them go past like primates uh, DNA even to like. Uh, so Spot turns into an iguana. So yep. they're like, it's like past mammals into like reptilian stuff. And uh, why does Sparkly become a spider? Or Sparkly? Uh, why does Barkley become a spider? Why not? It's scary. No. It's real scary, Jared. Uh, Spot it has babies in this episode. 
So you see little kittens, and Barkley's going to be the midwife, but then he turns into a spider and runs off. Uh, you got the primordial, like, wharf with all his, like, spikes. He's, like, super shredder. He's walk- running around ripping, like, doors off and stuff, which is pretty cool. Uh, what else happened? Yeah, uh, Genesis is super good. And this is why um, uh, IMDb ratings can't be trusted because this is only a 7.2. Really? But Genesis is awesome. This is one of my favorite episodes of season seven, actually. This well, uh, What happens to, like, to Deanna Troy? She, like, she's like all she, like... She, um, she turns into a fish. That's what I was going to say. Basically, like, she's, yeah. like, she looks very... Like she's turning aquatic. She, uh, because bites her on the cheek, yeah, and uh, she gets the disease, and then uh, she turns into a fish and she lives in her bathtub. She has gills. Uh, Riker turns into a, um, like, uh, like an old caveman kind of dude, oh, like, yeah. uh, with a sagittal crest, and he's <laughs> running around throwing shit. Uh, <laughs> fuck, um, for people turn into stuff. Uh, one of the, I think it's like the pregnant nurse who's in uh, uh, or the pregnant doctor who's like number two to Bev. She turns into like just an act like just a completely smooth thing with like no features. It's awesome. It's a spooky episode for sure, Jared. It actually kind of looks like uh, what does this remind me of? It's it, it, it looks very like kind of video drummy looking at the stills. Yeah, the makeup oh. the makeup is pretty great. Yeah. Oh, there's that. They actually have a picture of Worf. Uh, you don't actually see him. Oh no, you do. Never. Oh, mind. I yeah, I totally see it. Yeah. That, that's a pretty crazy uh, head mask. Worf's? Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, because he like uh, he, and he's got like spikes on his back. Awesome. So cool. He gets like a. I think the the biggest thing about this episode is the progression of it, because it starts off and Spot is pregnant, and you're like, oh, that's nice. And then uh, Worf has a goiter, and you're like, oh, that's weird. Uh, I, th- I had skinwalkers on here. I don't even remember or werewolf frogs, but uh, it just gets ramped up and up every uh, every time uh, you're in a new scene. It's wicked. It's wicked here. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that that's definitely one of the best episodes of season seven. Um, okay, we're in the home stretch. Seven twenty. Uh oh. Quote unquote. Indians. <laughs> uh, and then Wes is a piece of shit. Uh, it, oh yeah! So this episode, it uh, it tries to comment on indigenous relations. Yep. Uh, because it's it's the Native American Indians. I'm mm-hmm. using air quotes. People can't see that. Uh, that's what they call them in the show. They left Earth to make their own planet, and now it's in Kardashian territory because of the treaty. And the Kardashians show up because they want to. Uh, they they're trying to force these people out, and these people are like. They're like, not again, because they're like, this is exactly what happened last time. You know what I mean, Jer? Yeah. Oh, there's the Barkley spider. Fuck, that's cool. <laughs> uh, so this episode, I think, is it's well intent. It's got good intentions, like kind of like Green Book, Jared. But uh, it's also at the end of the day. So like Wes goes on a spirit quest uh, from one of the indigenous people and uh 
he's like Wes is like I think I'm gonna stay here I, it's really the way to go and then the indigenous man turns out to be that giant white guy with the flippers from like <laughs> season one and it's like so mm-hmm. even when they're trying the traveler the traveler I was like so it's it's an episode about these these indigenous people but at the end of the day the person who was doing everything was just another white guy you know Jared? come come travel with me Wesley yeah, and you're just like, ugh, this guy's been grooming this kid since he was like 12 years old That's to go right. on a road trip. That's right, Wesley. Like, I, I find it problematic, mm-hmm. to say the least. So I don't even really know what to rate this episode. It's so problematic. We could get canceled just talking about it. Oh, man. We could get canceled just talking about it. So let's move on, Jared. Um, 7.21 Klingon, the musical. Two out of four stars. Oh, uh, this the, the is opera. Alexander. Yeah, so there's the opera, and they're all singing, and then there's this old Klingon dude who's trying to make Alexander tough. And then uh, at the end of the day, you find out he's like, Worf is like, who are you? And he's like, I am Alexander. <laughs> and you're just like, what? <laughs> okay. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, 722 Picard, Jason Picard. Two out of four episodes. So this is more callbacks to the first season with uh, that Ferengi guy that uh, has a grudge against Picard. It's okay. Oh, fuck. Forgot and, uh, about that. They try to trick him that, uh, or they change that guy's DNA so it matches Picard's. Oh, yeah. Their son. Um, which is like, it's fine, you know, but. Uh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> about that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's. It's okay, but uh, it's I don't know. It's he, he's like a he's kind of like an Indiana Jones type guy, the character that they make, and he's like spontaneous and he's just as horny as Riker is. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're, they're like, you know, you know. Okay, well I'm gonna keep going here. Seven twenty three, the big Lebowski's on the hollow deck. Uh, and then Data calls a neuron a synaptic map of the neocortex. What a fucking loser. <laughs> uh, two out of four stars. So this is Emergence. Uh, actually, no, well, I gave it a two, but it's actually a not bad episode. This is where the holodeck kind of a computer entity takes over the holodeck and it's evolving within the ship. And then it's like flipping out the holodeck and then it new life is formed and then it leaves the Enterprise. It's not bad. It's not bad, Jared. You know what I'm talking about? You ever heard of New Life? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay, we're in the home stretch, buddy. 7.24. Uh, I wish I wish there were more interactions of st- with Starfleet uh, as the police state. Three out of four stars. Hmm. So this is with Ensign Rowe. Actually, she's not Ensign anymore. She's a Lieutenant Rowe. Yep. Um, she goes to that planet where they're fighting Cardassians. Uh, there's one episode or there's one scene in this episode that I think is really good where they're she go she goes undercover and to sell it Worf and Data show up at a bar as Starfleet officers looking for her and I really like the way it was like played out where uh, when they come in with their Starfleet uniforms like all the people in the bar know who they are they're like oh that's Data and that's Worf because there's like a reputation but they're also like the cops of the galaxy. Uh, I actually really like that. I was like, I wish there was some more of that. That's cool. You don't hmm. see that as much. Yeah. And the episode itself is pretty good. Like you get that com- complex stuff where the enterprise is there to 
keep the people from rebelling, but then when they show up, they're like, oh, they do have a point because the Kardashian or Kardashians are assholes, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, Jer? They are assholes. They're assholes. And then we have 725 two-parter. Uh, my review, Data uh, Data's Many Cats, four out of four stars. Whoa. Uh, I like all good things. I think it's pretty good. Uh, and I think coming at the, uh, the end of this, uh, I was on board with it. It's not best episodes of the season were genesis and parallels mm-hmm. um but uh i i like the ending i i thought it was really good so i don't i'm interested to hear oh phantasms was also really good in this season mm-hmm. but it, but, it sounds uh, like there were some real low points though too oh yeah yeah this season's got a couple really good episodes and then a couple like real shit episodes um but i like the finale i think it's uh the way that it moves between time, I think, is done pretty well. Mm-hmm. I liked that. You see that, uh, was it the Enterprise E? The Enterprise E the, with, like... It's shooting blasters out of the deflector shield. Yeah. And it's and got, like... Grizzled uh, old Riker. He's hornier than ever. He and, might and, be and, old. and then he fucking gets blown up. Yeah, he does. He does. But you see Data, and he's uh, he's a professor, and uh, Jordy's got eyes now. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, whoa. And then... um. What was it? Uh, Worf is like a like his hair. He's like all Klingon now. He's wearing the Klingon clothes, and his hair is all kind of like loose and out out there. And I was like, "That's cool. That's cool." I liked uh, the ending, Jared. I don't know. Is yeah. it? Uh, it seems like it's got it's pretty well uh, represented here. It's got it's got one of the it's got such a memorable title. All good things. All good things. I was gonna say, how many uh, TV shows do you think? have that as their last episode oh that specific title all good things yeah because i I know i i don't know them offhand but i i know out of memory that there is at least two two or three other series of tv shows i've watched and their last episode was just called all good things really i mean i'm guessing they just took it from star trek but uh, you never know right (laughs) yes (laughs) they they, Uh, it it coined the term (laughs) yeah so uh, it's pretty good, um, and so that's Star Trek, Jared. Well, it's Get not. It. It's not. That's not just the end of Star Trek, though, RJ. That's the end of the Next Generation TV show. Yes. Uh, I think. Well, I think. Or is it? Isn't it Picard? Oh yeah, but Picard. That's a mashup between TNG and Voyager, right? I suppose. Because Seven of Nine is like a main character in that. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I'll get to Picard or TNG two eventually. Yeah. I guess. Um, on the whole, it was very good. I didn't uh, burn out uh, like you thought uh, might happen. I did. I, I didn't did think it might happen, but uh, he proved me wrong. <laughs> I, w- I was on board the whole time, man. Uh, it was it was great. I loved it. Uh, one thing that I find. So I think my general things are pretty much out there. Uh, one thing I, that has really stuck out to me though was, um, I think they're they're uh, what are their like you know they're like uh, their badges to show their rank. The, the oh like the little things on their neck on the yeah. collar yeah yeah so not even the badges but their rankings themselves I think are are bullshit because they never change in seven years. But you told like Data is a two and a half, but he's very clearly like data should be like a four-star ranking guy because he's that good 
And then you have like uh, I remember in C- at the end of season three when you get Vacutus Le- uh, and Riker gets put in as captain of the Enterprise. He goes up to a four star rank. But then in the next season, when he gets demoted back, he goes back to a three star. And I was like, I was like, so is it four stars just for captains or I don't know. There's all these people who have stars because you see the ensigns that have one star rank and you're like and then you see Worf, who's a two star. And you're like, is Worf only that much better than a one star like guy in engineering? Do you know what I'm saying, Jared? Yeah. I mean, these are things that maybe like bug me more when I was like a child. It really, it really stood out. To me. Uh, I know. Okay. I, I remember these things. I'm sure you should. Actually, I think there's probably a Reddit page about it. I'm sure there is. And you should uh, sound off. I, I will. I will. Well, I hope you enjoyed, and I hope everyone else enjoyed. And uh, I don't know. Do you have any lingering thoughts on uh, TNG? No, not really. Not really. Are you Are you sad that the voyage has come to an end? Yeah, I was. I, I was kind of bummed out, actually. And I didn't want to start DS9 right away. So there was a couple days where I was like, I don't know what I should watch. You were listless. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that that's the beauty of, like, I know sometimes it's a bummer to be in such a, like, a long thing. But it was nice to know that uh, I didn't have to think about what to watch. It was like TNG. There, there you go. go. Well, I mean, Deep Space Nine is just right there waiting for you. I'm going to space it out from a week or two. I'm going to try, I'll try to do some other stuff and then I'll, I'll just, I'll start digging into it then. I think that's a mistake. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, I, I am watching swamp thing right now and I only have like a couple episodes left. So oh, after, oh, oh, how, how's that going? I'll, I'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I still got to talk about generations. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Well, but, but okay. How about the, the monster stuff's pretty wicked, right? What in swamp thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I really liked the uh, the monster stuff, and I think they actually like his book. I think is is pretty yeah. good. Him standing around in the swamp, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty him, good. Pretty good stuff. I mean, compared to what we've had before. Well, I, was I mean, like, I was like, sure, Man. but it's a lot of standing and guys talking like they're from Louisiana, like making Blair kill, kill him, keep kill. Yeah, oh fucking Warren Ellis. <laughs> he says, uh, he says, let me tell you. Uh, Here's like, who are you? A stranger? Perhaps a phantom? Bray Wyatt. Well, it's one and the same, isn't it? He says, "I love the swamp. I love the sweaty smell." Blue Devil. Blue Devil. I think Will Patton is the most out of place per- person. He's like, "I'm making toidal soup." Toidal soup. And you go, who? Will Patton? <laughs> Are you from the swamp? Problematic, Jared. <laughs> so, anyways, generations. I watched because uh, yep. apparently I, you can. Yes. Um. Uh, so I watched Generations, and which you've never you've never seen before. Never seen. Uh, I I told you I wasn't really a Star Trek kid. Uh, I'm a Star Trek kid now. You're a Star Trek um, man. I'm a Star Trek man now. Uh, so Generations, I think uh, I I don't think I'm offering anything new that people haven't already come to before. But yeah, it really did seem like just an episode of TNG. But uh, I feel like. Big Shat was probably just like, no, no, no. I don't do television anymore. Movies. And they're, they were like, okay. So you have, uh, what's it, Malcolm McDowell mm-hmm. in there trying to get back to uh, heaven. Uh, and he's him and Guinan are uh, in the same things. I, I did like that Guinan was in this a lot because yes. she wasn't even in, like, I don't think any of season seven, which was a major bummer. Um, so 
dude's in there. He's messing around. You see how uh, Kirk goes out. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. Um, I was like, but I mean, he died in the line of duty. So that's cool. Uh, and then you flash forward 100 years. We, we got uh, all the all the guys. They're doing stuff. They're playing around in the holodeck, Jared, because mm-hmm. Picard's fun now. Because mm-hmm. he realizes what really matters at the end of TNG. You know, that's why he sat down at that poker game. That's right. And just He's like, this is what it's all about. Um, oh, I forgot to mention the thing that I thought was super, super like dark in the last episode of TNG is uh, when time is going back, all the people who are pregnant on board, the Enterprise miscarry and the fetus like gets dissolved. I was like, whoa, I was like, that's pretty grim shit. Like <laughs> who who wrote that? And was just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is what we're going to talk about. Anyways, uh, generations. Uh so what was it? Oh, Data puts the emotion chip in. He doesn't really know how to handle it. Um, and I was, I was like fine with that. But again, I was like, I feel like this is, this all was stuff that could have happened it's, in the show. It's all about, wow. I mean, there's no more show though. That's true. But it is all about the ending. So when Data and Spot get reunited, man. What? Data. I, I, sorry, it's Skype. Oh, Data and Spot, when they get reunited at the end, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Uh, what else is there? This this movie's really dark. Like, not like... not Like, like underlit? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just... It's, like, super dark. And, like, I was watching it, and I was like... I was like, why are none of the lights on? What's going on? Like, it was always very bright before. Like, people are walking around with, like, no lights on the Enterprise at all, and you're just like... Yeah. Well, it's well, it's because... Star- um... Yeah, Picard's in like the well, depressed. TV is supposed to be uh, brightly lit because you have no idea what kind of TV they're going to have. So it's right. all very evenly lit and kind of flat looking, but it's by design. But when you're making movies, it's got to be c- cinematic and a lot of dramatic lighting. Dark. I, yeah, but I do remember I that being it. like the Enterprise just seemed like so completely differently lit. And uh, yeah. the, the look of it's kind of just off, especially after you watch probably seven years of Star Trek in two months. Two months? <laughs> Fuck. It's, those, those changes are dramatic. Wait till you get to fucking first contact. It's unrecognizable. Uh, that's, I mean, I, I haven't really looked into first contact too much. I know it's all about the board. Well, you just wait because it, uh, yeah, every, it, the look of the show completely, okay. yeah, they, they, they upgrade. They they upgrade all the look and it that that whole, all those decisions really start haunting uh, Trek for the next little while. Uh, I think I follow what you mean. I think that's why all those all those jerks who are talking about the new show going back to original series optimism. Every single person it's like they're going back to the original series optimism. And it's like shut up. It's like who, who whoever said that that first time didn't know how how much it would get repeated by like people on the internet it's annoying <laughs> yeah but anyways i thought generations was fine like i'm not in terms of movies it's whatever but as an episode of tng i was like this is fine you get to see uh william shatner ride a horse for a while so that's oh, pretty cool that's right and uh him making eggs and talking to dogs and stuff and he's, he's like in, he's, he's just such a guy he's just he's just one of the boys sure that's right I bet he likes to crack a cold one over the weekend. You know what I mean? Yep, in a public park. <laughs> cold ones for the boys, Jarrett. No. So, uh, anyways, I thought Generations was fine. Well, yeah, it's. Um, I saw this opening night. In wow. The, at, at, at the Paramount. I was only four years old. I wouldn't have been able to go with you. No, you wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have let you because you would have cried. 
Ah, why is it so dark? <laughs> loud. Who's this creepy old man with a big nose? Who? Oh, uh, what's, what's Malcolm McDowell's character? Uh, Soren. Soren. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna go turn on the platform. You stop, Soren. And then, then you got uh, fucking Bill Shatner's uh, stunt double with his wig jumping around some rocks, and you get that fucking fight scene at the end. Yeah, you get Shat's stunt double. Uh, you Michael get Patrick McDowell. Stewart's stunt double, uh, and you get Michael McDowell's stunt double. Michael you McDowell. Get... Wow. Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> McDowell. Uh, yeah, you get them all. They're all. They're all in there. Uh, yeah. But I think I've said before. I'm. I'm amazed at how often they'll just throw in a stunt double. Like on in the TV show, there was a there was a scene where Riker punches someone, and they put in uh, Riker's stunt double. But like he doesn't actually make contact. It's like you couldn't have done that yourself, John. No, no, no. They don't want to take a chance. They're like, we don't want you to like throw out your arm or something. No, they don't. Well, what if he like broke his fist? Now he's out of uh, production. Like he can't shoot anything for like two months. They could have written it into the show that Riker was so horny that his hand just <laughs> blew his up. Hand, or they have to like yeah. work around it. Nah, yeah. it's easier just to get the stunt double. Man, so what? It's the business, Sad. my friend. It's the business. Yeah. It's not a world for men. I, Real, I guess they like to take risks. I guess. Um, I don't know. Like, oh, fuck. Uh, there, there's some, there's some skunky stuff in Generations too, but uh, I don't know. Skunky. I was like skunky. Yeah, you know, skunky. You're just like you're like you're kind of like like, uh, like, beer? like uh, a little bit. No, like the like like a, like a bottle depot. Oh fuck! Actually, it's a brand new bottle depot on the west side here. It was pretty good. Okay, it's pretty good. I liked it. Other than <laughs> I remember, uh, I remember talking about that like an hour ago. Yeah, fuck. We've been talking about Star Trek for a long time. But hey, all good things. <laughs> all good things. So, uh, yeah. W- do you have any other thoughts on generations? I've, I've not. It's been so long. I miss, I think every time I've watched it, I've liked it less. I think it's uh, not even like if you okay. Now you got to think if you had to think back way back, RJ. Yes. In terms of Star Trek movies, how, where okay. does it? Where how does it fall? Fuck! I did have a for a little while. I did have a ranked list, a private one. Yep. A private one. Let's go oh, to that, that list that, right that's now. Only fans. Yeah, it's what. Yeah, only fans. Um, I put it. Uh, I put it at like I don't think it's as good as say Voyage Home, but it's maybe better than Final Frontier. No, I don't know. Maybe it's not better than Final Frontier. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, Final Frontier is the punching bag of the Star Trek cinematic universe. But but I'm with I, you. I think it's okay. No, I, I think it's a very enjoyable movie, and I would watch it before I'd watch Generations. Or yeah, me- Insurrection, or Nemesis, or Abrams yeah. movies. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if Generations is as good as any of the original movies. That's the problem. Or and I'm even including the Cage, which is uh, logable on Letterboxd. Oh, yes, which is with like your buddy Pike, the pilot. Yeah, yeah, but it's like uh, I don't know. It's got it's got a full entry, so I'm including it. Cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> Generations, eh? Generations. So you watch any movies? No. Did you paint any uh, knobs? Uh, I assembled a weird knob. I actually bought it. You have to assemble it first. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, buddy, you gotta you gotta cut them. Yeah, take them off their sprues. Clean up those mold lines. Uh, they mold. They they there's well there's mold 
they're they come out of a mold, RJ. Oh, you don't mean like fungal? Not mold. not not a fungal mold. Yes, the That's other the other the other mold. I was dealing with some mold earlier when I took those cans in. If you know what I mean. I hear ya. So yeah, you got, then you got to glue them together, and then okay. and then you got to prime them. Uh, yeah, you should prime before you paint. Absolutely. Well, sometimes some some, some some you don't have to prime at all. But it all depends. Pre-primed. Well, that's that that you don't even touch that shit. Don't fuck pre-primed. With yeah, don't t- pre-prime sucks. Why? Because it's like not as defined. Yeah, they 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 put too much primer on, and you lose all the details. Like, let me handle that. Okay. But but they're designed for people who don't want to do anything other than like uh. take their miniature and put it on the table unpainted. You, so when you paint, Jared, do you put them? Do you like listen to music or like? Oh yeah. Are you just sitting in silence? No, no. no. I, I listen to like I, I guess I told you before. I put on some synthwave uh, playlists or something like that. That's like three hours long. I just put oh, that yeah. on. Um, sometimes I'm working with a tutorial on YouTube on, on a, how to do certain things or like listening to like nerdy like miniature news stuff uh wrestling yeah, new a little bit of wrestling news clips that come up here and there even though i haven't like mm-hmm. watched wrestling in forever in a day that's not true you still I like listening I, to it i listen I, I follow the news the the shitness of wwe that kind of thing but yeah, I, I mean i don't watch wrestling at all really so mm-hmm. but yeah just just where i'm at and uh, yeah it's like i can't really watch a lot of the movies i would watch or tv shows because if it's just on i'll miss everything because my eyes are on these tiny little things with maybe you should audiobook i could audiobook but i i um i would just zone out and my attention Uh. would be there anyway but you know rj games Mm -hmm. workshop they actually pay people to record warhammer novels in audio form wow just for this i probably it's it would go really well together i think hmm are are you going to check out the Horus Heresy and learn all about Warhammer 30k? 30k sounds a little bit above my pay grade. I can yeah. I could get into 40k, but I don't right. know about 30k. Well, I mean, it's cheaper. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's like 10,000 years cheaper. Yeah, but so when you're talking about 30k, is 30k better than 40k or, or not as good as it's, 40k? It's, it's just like the past. It's the past of 40k. Is 40k the year? Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. It's like how Star Trek's the year like 2400. Uh, oh. Warhammer is the year 40,000. Okay. Yeah. That's... It's the 41st century. Where does Star Trek take place? Uh, 2300, 2400. Okay. Yeah. We got a long ways away before uh, we get to the Space Marines. In ang- like oh. super, I mean, basically, I don't know if you've looked at Warhammer lately, RJ. There's a lot of uh, Catholic imagery. That, I'm, uh, I'm, I must have just missed it when I was checking them out before. Yeah, you know, now it's like you look up those Sisters of Battle, the Adeptus Sor- Soritus or whatever they're called. Uh, yeah, they're, they're very, it's lots of Catholic vibes, heavy Catholic vibes. You can look, learn about uh, the Emperor of Mankind. He's basically like the super space pope. Ooh, that's cool. Speaking of Sisters of Battle, I forgot uh, the Klingons are in uh, Generations. I didn't care for that, but uh, I'm looking at the Sisters of Battle. So she's got some. She's got some skulls and some crosses. Oh, a couple yeah. fleur de lis. That's pretty cool. Yes. What's the other uh, Catholic one? Well, it's all part of it. If you look up the Emperor of All Mankind, 
he's like a he's like an undead pope who fights chaos with his psychic mind because he's like he's been dead for thousands of years but his mind's caught in hell and he's just holding back the the forces of chaos uh inside the, the eye of terror or something like all mankind I, I think that is what he's called yeah no i'm looking at him uh is he he's got a he's got whew, he's got some big armor buddy yeah Oh yeah, his head's pretty small compared to uh, his. Uh, Welcome to 40k. <laughs> his frame. It's all about little. Well, I mean, it's a giant mechanized suit. But I mean, all these, a lot of these pictures you'll look at, uh, he's got like skin on his face. And in fact, he should just be like a skeleton man. Like he is. is he, a, he is a rotting corpse. Is he a indigenous? This guy. Um, some people would draw him with long hair. I don't know if that it, makes him indigenous. Well, because I was thinking like. Because based on the pictures I'm looking at, uh, how he's drawn, and then some of the stuff that's like part of his thing, I mean, it would, it would make sense, right? If he was the emperor of mankind, he would he's, be like he's pan, he's pan cultural, RJ. Exactly, yeah. Like yeah. some of the, some of the, the cultural elements included, but like you said, pan. So I guess it would disperse across the world. Oh, well, the the, <laughs> the galaxy! Wow, massive, huge, huge. <laughs> Huge! Can, uh, I hope everyone's enjoying the 40k podcast. I'm sure one guy is. I uh, I mean, let, let us know when do we when are we all going to start a painting club, people? Uh, I'll, <laughs> well, if fuck I this! Any... Fuck this movie stuff. Criterion's not even putting movies in 4k. It's like I see more and more people talk about that too. People Apparently are that people... was a big issue. Well, there's some people who like, well, I was really hoping they would start doing 4ks in November. I'm like, why would you think that? Well, because I think apparently that movie they just announced, uh, there it's 4K on Netflix. It's four. Does Netflix have 4K? Uh, yeah, it does actually. So I you think. can watch you can watch Irishman in 4K on Netflix, but not on the physical copy. Oh, I see. RJ sent me God Emperor Trump. Someone actually did do like a giant Space Marine with uh, Tr- Donald Trump. Yeah, 40K. Because the British, you know, you see that. Um, mini- you see that custom miniature I just sent you. Yeah, the this little throne. Yeah, that thing's it's pretty. Like, someone made that completely from just stuff. Just from scratch. Yep. That is. There's no reference to that. They just took all these bits and pieces and made that. It's pretty rad. I could put this on social media, but I, I probably won't. Yeah, no, that's someone else's stuff, and uh, I don't know if our uh, listenership will uh, care too much about that. Maybe I'll put Barkley Spider out there. I 100% you should definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's a good way to show what podcasting is like. Right. Right. Well, very cool. Well, hey, you want to, you, you got any news for us, RJ? Uh, I think our news is the same. The oh, cri- hey, did you hear? What? Yeah. I was going to say, did you hear there? May, there's a Books of Blood TV show coming out? That's pretty cool. I think I had heard that. It seems like they've been threatening that for a long time. But it seems like shit now gets made now because yeah. there are no new ideas and people are yep. just taking old ideas. Yep. Like uh, mega knobs and stuff. Uh, yeah. We're, hey, when we're, well, Marvel Comics is putting out a 40K comic in a couple wow. months. Yep. It's, it's, it's their time in the sun. Todd McFarlane is putting out Warhammer <gasps> 40K action figures. It's pretty cool. And I believe there is a Warhammer 40K Risk coming out. Ooh, that would be cool. They are getting the world ready for their universe, but uh, people are going to find out why there's not much to it. 
other than uh, pure visual ecstasy and uh, really cool miniatures. I don't know. The story itself is uh, – you, you could probably do a lot with it, but I don't, okay. I don't think there's, like, a lot. There's, like, oh, you got to read this. This is the defining characteristic of the story. You're like, no, it's just, like, knockoffs of other things. That's what Warhammer does. It's a synthesis, synthesis of, um, like, things that you like already. That's kind of part of the success. And then they say, but what if it was, like, a seven-foot-tall – Terminator robot man. You go fuck yeah with a chain sword. See, they're appealing to uh the right kind of people, I think, right, Jer? Well, see, my the appeal for me is like the not the not the space cops that the space marines represent to me. I like the weird models. The weird, the weird knobs? The weird knobs. Um that's my okay. scene. I like weird, okay. I like weird knobs were like in in fantasy, aka Age of Sigmar, which is set in the distant past. Mm-hmm. Um, I like those flesh was it flesh eater court, which are they have like they just look like ghouls. They are ghouls okay. with Nosferatu elements. Uh, oh, that's but, cool. but apparently their backstory is that they are like people who've gone mad and they think they are at their own kingdom. They think that they are aristocrats and uh, like the heroes of the story going around fighting the enemies. But in fact, they're just crazy, pale, white cannibal ghouls traversing the landscape and killing people. That's apparently the twist, even though it's like, well, that doesn't really make sense. Like, who cares? Like, they're just the ghouls. Like, when you put them on the table, you're like, yep, these are my flesh-eating ghouls. Um, do Are we ghouls? Yes. For schools? Yeah, we're ghouls for schools. I mean, I mean that all sounds cool, but I think it's kind of like what you said, that uh, the idea of it is maybe better than the actual execution. Yeah, it's, it's the, the high – yeah, it's like shouldn't these guys have like monocles and like top hats or something that they're like still ghouls? It's like no, they're just like naked dudes. Like they have, some of these models, RJ, they just have butts. Like their butts are just on full display with like wrinkles under their hmm. cheeks, and I've seen some people's uh, paint jobs where they they're like, oh hey, there's like some blood on their asses, because <laughs> I guess they just like when they shit, they just shit uh. out blood because they're just eating human remains. I don't get it. I don't know. I saw that and went, whoa, that's a that's a bit uh, detailed. Um, bond to this this. Situation. Well, speaking of blood coming out of the ass, let's talk sure. about uh, November <laughs> announcements from Criteria. I'd love to. Uh, first of all, we've got uh-huh. Girlfriends from director Claudia Wheel. Uh-huh. Apparently, it's very 70s looking. It's got a pretty striking cover. I don't know anything about this movie, but uh, I'll have to watch it one day. I won't be buying it anytime soon, but that's fine. Hopefully, it'll be on the channel in eight years. I could be in, on the channel in, within the year. Hopefully in eight years when we have to watch it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we got Moonstruck, directed oh. by Norman Jewison, starring, you have to hear this, RJ? Cher and <gasps> Nicolas Cage. That Moonstruck? That Moonstruck. Really? And so it's really weird. This is the thing I was alluding to earlier. It was like, wait a minute, box art coming soon. So they announced this fucking movie, which mm-hmm. I didn't even know. And uh, yeah, they don't have the artwork ready. Maybe they have to what? get some licenses for Cher and Nicolas Cage to, to be put on. Well, that's why I was confused for a second. I was like, Moonstruck? I didn't yeah. see that poster. Yeah, no, it wasn't in the initial announcement, but it's coming hmm. out. It's going to come out the same day as this other movie, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai. 
Jim Jarmusch. He's back. Oh, and everyone, that's a... and everyone loves Ghost Dog. Hey, man, it's got that soundtrack. It's, it's, it's got the Wu-Tang's RZA. The RZA, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Ghost Dog, I've never seen Ghost Dog. It looks cool. Well, now you'll, you'll I know the a, soundtrack. You'll have the opportunity at Spine 1057. Well, that's only going to be a couple months away from now, right? Yeah, here we are, year so. four. So 12 years, 12 years from now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, oh man. Okay. Uh, wait a minute uh, here. Why won't let me go back? This website's trash. Uh, we also, of course, the as mentioned last week, the essential Fellini. Right, right. Mm-hmm. People are seem to be super hot on that. Yeah. Again, uh, really nice looking cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, uh, we've got Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, <sighs> the, the Netflix original. So I think this With is this absolutely like uh, this cover. It's all pants. It's just like hands, hands and pants. And hands I guess like pants. some people are like, well, it's part of the, it's one of the big moments of the movie. And I go, well, that's fine I, if you know what that means. But this is a, an underwhelming cover. And uh, yeah, I saw a lot of people like really pissed off that this is coming out before After Hours or some other like Marty movie. Well, I realize that the big problem with Criterion is that the licensing and rights prevents them from getting, I think, a lot of movies that they would want in there. However, I find the Netflix thing, I brought up my concern when Marriage Story and, uh, fuck, whatever that other one. Roma, yeah, when those were added in there. I think, but I think this is definitely this. Uh, this seals it. Uh, well, the they, decline. They announced of the cr- this. They announced this like months ago. I remember we even talked about it, saying, "Oh yeah, this will come out too." And now it's here. And I think everyone kind of forgot about it. Maybe they're saving mm-hmm. their their faux outrage till this day. I don't. I didn't. I remember they talked about Netflix originals, but uh, I don't know, man. I the criterion is just whatever anyways as we've discovered it's like well it's just a brand baby but uh i feel like netflix really just offered them the right amount of cash and they're like here put our movies in there and they're like and they're like you don't have to do any licensing because we own the licensing so you can do it and it's like okay but i mean i don't i think the irishman's only okay no anyways so like i mean i think ghost dog's only okay but here we uh are are you gonna watch The Irishman now? Well, now I don't have to. I can. Now watch you it. don't I'll, have. I can definitely watch it twelve years from now. You have an excuse to wait to yeah. watch it. Yep, exactly. I gotcha. Well, thank you, Criterion. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It's pants. Is what I think. It is. It is literally pants. Right. Silly. Uh, any other real news? Uh, the news on the front is I have to go to the toilet. Okay, well, excellent. After the break, we tell Grandpa we hate him. The taxman's taken all my dough and left me in my stately home, blazing on a sunny afternoon. I can't sail my yacht He's taken everything I got All I've got 
It's a sunny afternoon This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Early Summer from 1951, directed by Yasujiro Ozu. No tagline for this film, sadly. No? But a synopsis. Mm. Noriko lives in post-war Tokyo with her extended family. Although she enjoys her career and her friends, her more traditionally-minded family worries about the fact that she's still single at the advanced age of 28. When 40-year-old business associate Takoko proposes marriage, Noriko's family press her into accepting. But when her widowed childhood friend, Kenshichi, returns to the neighborhood, she finds her heart leading in another direction. Uh Uh-oh. SpaghettiOs. You know it. You know it. No. So, uh, Ozu, he's back in podcast form. Wow, you beat me to it. You, it seems like we just watched Ozu like mere weeks ago. It, yeah, it was. Really quick turnaround this time. It seems like the last, I know we complain about it all the time, but it seems like this summer has been nothing but Kurosawa, Ozu, and Bergman. Uh, and Bergman. Like, that's all it is. And, well, that's, and it's going to feel like Renoir in, in a week. Renoiruary? Renoiruary. Yeah. Renwagist? Yeah. Yeah, so and what? So this is so this is an Ozu I had never seen before. Really? How many have you seen? I don't know. It's getting up there now. I've got to be up into twelve or thirteen. Uh well I've seen five, so that those would all be for the podcast. All for the Nothing podcast. Else. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't been watching them for fun? No. Really? Why is that? No. You, you you haven't popped on uh Good morning, since. Uh, that would be the only one I oh, would 10. watch. I'm only at ten. Okay, that's well. Okay, that's. I think well, all okay. the ones I actually own, I haven't watched Autumn Afternoon yet, and I guess some of the uh, Eclipse series movies. I've seen some, but not all. He has a lot of a uh, seasonal based stuff, like early summer, late spring, late yep. autumn. Yep. Early spring. Fuck, dude. This guy's got something to say about the seasons. Well, what is it? I don't know. And sometimes it's about the time of day, like good morning. That's true. Or weeds. Or it could be about stuff like Pass and Fancy. Cat Fancy magazine? Sure. Why not? So, yeah. uh, Never seen this before. Luckily, it's on the Criterion channel. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, now that you've seen five Ozu movies, RJ, Uh like, do you start feeling like... There's like visual motifs and actors that that, keep, oh, yes. that that are appearing all over the place. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, for one thing, definitely uh, the visual motifs. Um, like this shot he does, where it's like uh, through two two or three rooms, and then you have the sitting table. What is that called? Like a 
Katsuku or something like that, where it's like the sitting table. And then you have tatami shot. Yeah, it's like it's at that lower angle. Yeah, someone on YouTube corrected uh, at some point the the pronunciation, but not in a menacing way or mean, mean way, but in a helpful way. Where I'm like, I'm pretty sure we corrected ourselves in that point, but maybe I could be mispronouncing it even now, and I still don't actually care. But you know what I'm saying? Down 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 at mat level, I I do know, and and to be honest, people could. People can correct us every day. We're not going to say it right ever because it's not how talking works. But uh, I mean, if you say they were they meant well, that's good. But anyways, a visual motif that shot like through two rooms and then with the table and then you have two people that are looking the same direction Mm -hmm. like off. But they're a little bit distant like that's a that's a big Ozu for me big ozu uh the yeah. characters are talking directly at the camera when they're talking to the other person like it's not it's starting to be explored here and it gets real <laughs> heavy later on oh oh it's where this is the exploration well, phase well, well this is 1951 so this is three years before tokyo story okay and uh yeah you definitely i feel like there's a lot of it in let me just see here i just uh created the filmography in numerical order and see tokyo story at early spring tokyo twilight to come equinox flower i think i think it definitely in um was it oh my god it's throwing me off all these these titles (laughs) late uh i found it actually late spring i think uh, and that's actually older late spring by two years, yeah. Well, late spring's def- it, it it's definitely older than early summer because, you know, do you get it? I get it. I understand. But but early spring come, but early spring comes after early summer. Uh, the Ozu CU. What about? Okay, wait. We're, one thing we're not discussing is: do you, you ever read Stephen King, Jared? Do you know about Indian summer? You, you ever heard about that? Yeah, I I do know about Indian Summer, but I don't know about Stephen King's relation to it. Oh, he I think he says that in every single one of his books. Oh, well, yeah. We we were moving into Indian Summer, and you go, "What?" Yeah. You're Gerald like, like Gerald's game. Yeah, well that takes place in Indian Summer. Oh, of course it does. You know, like a late September, mm-hmm. not quite October, but it's still like unseasonably warm. Mhm. Do do you know, Jared? I do know. Okay. Okay. What were we talking about? It's a boomer thing, RJ. Who's Steve? Indian summer. Indian summer? Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, weather seasons and climate is just fucked as it is anyways right now, right? Every every month is Indian summer now. So, Noriko. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she's a young woman living in the multi-generational home that uh, sure. would be under threat in, during covid Wow. As, as, as we watch this, uh, wow. I mean, in Japan, it seems like they've got a handle on the masks. But I do wonder, are they wearing masks indoors? I imagine a few of them probably do. They might. They, they seem might. responsible. But yeah, so she lives in this home with uh, her parents, her older brother, his wife, and two boys. These mm. two boys, this is the other like Ozu factor is boys, boys. older brother, younger brother. And, and they look just like the same actors no matter what yeah. year it is once mm-hmm. they all got their little ball caps short pants and they all, they all look like they're uh aiming for some 
some bad times. Mm-hmm. They, they all want to get uh, get dirty, and they want tr- train tracks for their model trains. What kid doesn't want trains? Yeah. Even Bobby Baklava had trains. Bobby you know? Baklava. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. We haven't talked about Gabagool for a while. We, ha- we haven't. We haven't. What, what better place than early summer? Yes. So, so there's like a whole lot of the um, the undercurrent of the, the polite uh, the politeness of, of Japanese culture is depicted in movies. Everyone smiles in sunshine, but underneath those smiles is like unbearable, crushing <laughs> uh, judgment at everything you oh, yeah. do as a means of control people and get the best uh, uh, out of you by being this way. I I get it completely because it reminds me of a uh, Catholic guilt in a way. Yeah, it's it's, it's very it's, similar. It's effective, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we yeah. have yet yeah, uh, Setsuko Hara, who is one of uh, Ozu's uh, main actresses. There's I get it. there's even a Noriko trilogy. Oh uh, really? <laughs> late 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 spring, early summer in Tokyo story. Oh okay. Yeah, so cause, we, cause we just have late. She, she's this daughter. That's just like always yeah. prevalent, and um, then there's like because like she kind of plays this the the observant daughter who's looking after the the parents in Tokyo Story, Tokyo's, and she's yeah. got the she's got the doctor or actually no she's not the sexual sister though she's the widow of the soldier son who died, and but she's like a better yeah daughter to her parents-in-law then that's right she's the daughter-in-law but she's the only one who actually takes care of the parents in tokyo yes who are here as well the actors who like i don't know it's quite the transformation (laughs) from grandpa to uncle yeah is that that the or yeah the dad uh, guy with the mustache well yeah the dad so the brother Mm -hmm. or it's the brother right who's the doctor yep uh and And he's a doctor in that too i think no he's the He's the, I think he's the dad. Like he's the he's the grandparent. He's like the parents, the right. in Tokyo Story. But like he's got super like dyed black hair in early uh-huh. summer. Okay, this is where things start I, getting this. This is where things start getting treacherous. You're like, <laughs> where you're like, okay, this is like yeah. it's like the, the familial things. Like so, Ozu obviously likes working with like his entourage of actors that he uses like time and time again. Mm-hmm. And when you have like these, like yeah, it's like a lot of these these rooms look the same. They could be anywhere. These actors and the family members, um, you, you have to like start separating them out. And like I, I could easily see someone that's like watch all of Ozu movies being like, which one's this one? Oh yeah. So like I would just to like to jump it a little bit. That was actually how I was watching this because I was like, fuck. I was like, is. Where it's like a doctor son, yes. parents, uh, two uh, little uh, so, boys. Uh, yeah, a doctor who has to go see a patient and he leaves. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a, uh, like a daughter or daughter-in-law who's actually holding the family together, but is also like the most like unrepresented. I guess is what I want to say, or like not appreciated or something like that. You know, like there there was so much to it. I was just like, holy fuck! I was like, is this just? It's just Ozu, man. This it's all Ozu. coming together. This is all Ozu. It's pure Ozu. <laughs> Undistilled. You know? Yeah, essence of Ozu. Essence of Ozu? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. That, that'll be my uh, Criterion essay. 
essence of ozu. Yeah. That's actually not bad. I kind of like that. Rub that all over yourself. Ugh. <laughs> Get it in there. Ugh. So, um, the, the movie, like, for the first, like, 45 minutes, it's just kind of this open-ended narrative of just seeing the family kind of interacting. And mm-hmm. you get to see Noriko's life and, like, her friends and these things about, oh, so-and-so is getting married. And it's all kind of around the fact that uh, great uncle, kind of like, he's got to be one of the original, like, dirty old men of Japanese media because he's got the, the oh, laugh. <laughs> and he's, like, he's deaf, but he's, like, is he deaf? And he's, like, easily amused by, like, shitty kids. I, I I did like that where I uh, he he pretends not to hear and then when he scares the kid he's just like <laughs> yeah. he's like I got that little fucker. I do like when um the the grandparents that they live with um mm-hmm. he, he like gives them the treats for, for uh you know doing kid like doing minor kid things or I think he's like let, 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 yeah let me clip your toenails which I'm yeah. like yeah if kids don't like that. And then he's like, here you go for being good. You get some treats. And he's like, yeah, see, you love me. I love you. And then once he got his tranny, he goes, I hate you. Oh, hey, what are you saying there? I hate you. And then, oh, and then he, <laughs> kids, they say such shitty things. You're like, hey, I've seen this in Ozu movies before. They're always mm-hmm. laughing off how awful children are. Oh, yeah. So while you're on that, uh, I, I, I got to ask, how do you take the bread situation? Are you... Or do you side with the dad or with the kid? So when when the kid doesn't get his train tracks because the yeah. the parent was responsible and bought food, uh, that big huge loaf of bread, gigantic it, like that thing was like it's, a brick. It's like three feet long. Yeah. And a kid in an act of uh, aggression and frustration throws the bread, calls it stupid, and yes. kicks it. Yeah, I would. Uh, and then, as a child, I would have been pretty pissed. If yeah. you're like, if you want a toy, but then like, it's not like dad's going out of his way to like saying, no, 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 that's the bread. Like he's not like he's just like it's this absent-minded kind of crap dad, mm-hmm. who's like not even interacting with his kid, and yeah. it's like so I don't know who's really to blame. Ah, interesting. So that's what I mean. Like, uh, so you have kids being kids, and then uh, everyone kind of lays into the dad afterwards. They're like, they're like, you were too hard on him. Well, I didn't of... think he like really said anything to him. He's no. just like, don't kick bread, you little well, shit. Well, there's the thing where like when they're kind of talking, like when. Um, dad and his wife are kind of like plotting out the future for Nuriko mm. and whether or not she should get married to this guy from the office and yeah. uh, they're like making they're having this real debate and they don't want their kid to overhear it and the kid's just like nah I'm not gonna leave and they keep like there's this weird tension that comes out of nowhere and dad's just getting <laughs> pissed and then you're like oh shit dad stood up and then the kid's like oh fuck when dad when I, dad dad, yeah. when dad gets up it's time to fucking run which is like ha <laughs> Great. I, I like very, that. Very, 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 very accurate and very um, of 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 the times of it's of good. a very tr- pan cultural experience of fearing f- dad. It's a great demonstration of uh, nonverbal communication, Jared. With, with, it's with all... the undertones of physical violence. Yes, of course. But I think we've all been in that situation where uh, you us. know an older person is just like is like get out of here and you're like what if i don't and then they they kind of and then you're like Ugh. And you you got to haul ass out of there you know that's right hauling ass <laughs> so well, yeah so the first 45 minutes or so mm-hmm. it's all like pure just like hanging out with grandpa getting things in order the interactions the ins and outs of the day-to-day life of everyone in the family there's no real focus narrative and then it finally kind of shifts because old uh, grand uncle 
great uncle, he's like, oh, why aren't you married yet? <laughs> and they go, yeah, why isn't she married? This was like never on her minds before. This is definitely very important. We got to get, we got to take care of her. Even though she's like, seems fine, all smiles and sunshine. And her friends, you know, she's getting the pressure from her for married friends, you simply must get married. You don't even understand life without it. You don't understand mm-hmm. how great it is to be married. And then her single friends are like, yeah, I don't know about that. It sure doesn't seem like a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you get angry admonishments at restaurants and <laughs> about how men and women should talk to one another. Classic. People just going, you don't understand. You don't understand what it's like to be married. You just, you'll never understand. Never understand. Um, and so the next chapter of this of the movie is honing in on this wedding proposal arrangement where she's going to get married to a guy that we don't see mm-hmm. this this invisible man this 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 figure that's just like oh yeah no that's that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. is that kind of like what the the twenty twenty invisible man is about I, think I haven't seen I, it yet in gaslighting definitely about gaslighting isn't everything though ultimately you know you know bud bud so, so anyway uh yeah kid, like the, the little kids get like fucked off with this like lack of trains from yep. their like doctor dad and you're like thinking like doctor dad's gotta be like rolling in it but you know this isn't like uh north america i guess where you're like a rich doctor Making like lots of lots of that state money, you privatized are, healthcare. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of like, oh yeah, I I, I work in internal medicine and I, I got to deal with this shit because it's the right thing to do. Everything's mm-hmm. in an economic downturn in uh, Japan. It's cause still in that that post-war where things are about to pick up, but it's not quite there yet. We got to live the way we do. You can't buy trains. You can only get this bread. Kids pissed. They're like, want to run away from home. Mm-hmm. And while there's a some action, RJ, some Ozu action, an ensuing child hunt. I uh, yeah, I mean it's uh it's definitely thrilling, thrilling to say the least. Uh, and of course, of course, it leads Enrico to meet uh, Farm Boy. What's his name again? Uh, 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 Yabi Kenchiki. Kenchi yeah Kenchichi Yabi. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Played by Hiroshi Nayonyanji. From uh, the Human Condition Part Three of all things, and Tora Tora Tora. Oh well, I mean Tora 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 is one of your favorite movies. You talk about it all the time. I love that guy. Christian Bale's in that movie, I think. <laughs> I, I don't. As a little kid? Uh, no, it's Empire in the Sun. Oh, those are different movies of the same event, right? Uh, probably. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Probably. Tora Tora Tora. Yeah. Wow, it's Pacific. It's Pacific World War Two, Empire. Tora, Tora, Tora. Yeah, it's probably probably has some touch points there. So anyway, Enrico likes this this hick, this rural guy. He seems more mm. her style. And uh, of course, when parents' family finds out, this is like a, mm. like just like a fucking generic rom com, RJ. Um, they're like, oh, hey. We disapprove of this. This is not hey there, this, son. This is this is not our decision for you. I mean, I think this is a real step down. He's he's not like older than you and into marketing. Um, mm. <laughs> like marketing, the, yeah, or whatever the fuck into business mm-hmm. into business in the city where you don't have to move anywhere. We can see you all the time. You're going to have mm-hmm. to leave to deal with this guy that you like more. 
But, you know, begrudgingly, as the movie goes on, uh, they go along with it. There's a moment with a photograph being taken of this moment in time. And uh, then there's like a, I guess kind of like a time jump. Uh, Yeah, not a big one. Not a big one. but Just like a couple days maybe? Yeah, and then things kind of like settle in. We get this poignant moment about the passage of time and how like none of this shit matters. Why are we worked up about this? That's like the movie, the movie opens up with some Buddha. We we do get some Buddha and some burbs. Some bur- the burbs? Uh, no, uh, birds, but oh. with a B instead of a D. I see. You know, burbs? Bur- burbs. <laughs> There's a couple burbs in there. Oh. But uh, one thing that Andrea points out all the time is whenever we're watching a show and uh, you have a character who has like normal hair and then in another scene he has long hair, uh, she always go, to show that time has passed. <laughs> And uh, that's uh, they needed one of those in this scene. Like they, is that like someone like, needed is that, stubble or something yeah. to show time had passed? Is that like uh, uh, Stacy Keach's hair in body bags? It's the only way you could know time has passed. Is that right. his hair has grown longer? That's true. It is a demarcation of the passage of time. Well, <laughs> well, that's what we're doing here, buddy. What? So anyway, what were you talking about? Yeah, we're, talk, we're, we're talking about the Burbs, uh, directed oh, by uh, Ozu. With, oh, we're, we're, we're working with Tom Hanks and mm-hmm. uh, Henry Gibson. Yeah, do you think uh, like uh, do you think Ozu and Corey Feldman would have got along? I feel like it because Corey Feldman's kind of like one of those little kids that Ozu loves to have in his movies. Great dude. Great dude. Which one? Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So this is a fine offering from director Ozu. Um, is it? Yeah, it's okay. I mean, does this movie need to be over two hours long for essentially what is a fairly straightforward plot? I mean, with mm. these movies, it's not really about the plot. But at the same time, uh, I've, I've seen, I feel like, the, the top of the mountain with the Tokyo story and I've seen late spring, which I feel like that movie is like so great. Early summer feels like some, like a in-between movie and it literally is an in-between movie, but it just doesn't quite like hit me the way that his best movies have worked for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like not even like good morning with its talk yeah. of uh, farts abounding oh, yes. and, and color. The, be- mm-hmm. the beautiful colors that come our way. But, uh, I mean, there's like all the, the elements, I guess, of his movies are all here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like, I guess like one thing too, is like there's a lot of variety of characters, I guess. It doesn't, like, not everyone is like very reserved and stayed and like the family seems to be pretty restrained. But like the other characters kind of on the outside of the home, like when they're having their like their restaurant meetings and stuff like that. There's like kind of like a uh, more depth, I guess, to the variety mm-hmm. of the characters. But uh, on the whole, like, I mean, the story is pretty basic. And I feel like the, whatever you want to call it, the Noriko trilogy plays sure. better in the other movies. So I definitely mm-hmm. say it's the weakest of the three. But that all being said, I think this movie is a, a very fine, uh, good piece of criterion ozuiness. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about all I have to really say about it i think rj what did you think of early summer here in late summer 2020 
Uh, some some call uh, some call this Indian summer. Yeah. Yeah. And some say that uh, some people like Dairy Maine as well. Some people, some people don't have never been to anywhere else. Do you think Stephen King? Tra- well, yeah, he used to live in Con. Anyways, we're not talking about Stephen King right now. Anyways, anyways, I uh, I hit my table there and I had to jump ahead. Uh, what movie was it? Oh, Early Summer. I forgot because all those titles are so familiar. Um, I'm pretty much right with you. I think it's, I think it's got some good stuff in there, but uh, there there are a few things that I'm like, mm, it keeps it from. Uh, being mint ozu as you would say Mm -hmm. Uh, i do think good morning is my favorite for sure and then i would say tokyo story under that even though like when we watched tokyo story i was kind of like i was like it's good but it didn't really like hit me as it seems to hit everyone else um early summer i think has all those those pure ozu isms uh like it's vintage ozu like when (laughs) when i when it started i was just like oh yeah i was like this is just it's just this is Ozu where mm-hmm. it's like those those shots of the tables and rooms, doctor son, a daughter who is like the actual star of the show or daughter-in-law, parents who are kind of like there but also not totally appreciated that much, kids running around being kids. Um, I think the kids in this movie are one of the better parts but uh, also the kids in Good Morning – are better than the kids in this movie. So I guess he refined it a little bit later on. And Mm -hmm. that movie's more about the kids as a whole. So, uh, the kids were really good in this, but it's better in good morning. The daughter is really good in this, but uh, the daughter story is better in Tokyo story, I Mm -hmm. guess. Yes. Um, that actress though, uh, Setsuko Hara, uh, she's wicked good. Like you can really like, she has a, really interesting presence where she's always smiling and you can tell when people are like being shitty to her that like it's kind of like it's a forced smile but it also she does genuinely seem happy all the time Mm -hmm. too like she's just like such a a good person that you're like man this is like this lady is just one of the one of the only good people in the world i think (laughs) when i see her that's what i think it's like she she's an actual good person look at her She's like doing all these nice things and like trying to take care of people. And then even when people are like, you're getting old, you, you old bag, you got to get married. She's like, thank you for your input. And you can tell she actually means it in like kind of a nice way. She's like, she's like, I appreciate your concern for me, but I am fine. <laughs> so uh, she's got a uh, she's got a real presence. I can see why Ozu uh, put her put her in a, a lot of her, his movies because it's like, yeah, this this lady's legit. I'm on board with that. Um, so you got a lot of uh, the Ozuisms, uh, which is a new word that we invented. Uh, I also think this movie, it's funny that this movie has a, a really strong pro-single agenda where it's just like uh, you see these married people and you see that they're like just kind of unhappy a lot. And then not even unhappy, but like you see some of the troubles that are with that. And then you see like the single people and it's not even like the marriage itself doesn't seem bad, but it's the way that the people talk about the marriage to other people. You're just like, man, you're a, uh, you're not painting the nicest picture here for this lady where everyone's like, you should get married. And then it's like, but my fucking husband, I fed him some carrots yesterday and he lost his goddamn mind. And it's like, yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, as a, as a person in, who's just like coming out of a, a year, what, a year being married? Yep. Did this resonate where you're like, oh man, that's what I'm, I want to go back to that single life. I mean, I think there's a, there's, there are elements that resonate to domestic partnership as a whole. Uh, Cause I, I mean, I've been married for a year. But you've been in a relationship for 11. Yeah. And we've been living together for like five. Uh, so it's like, it's like the marriage was a kind of a moo point. Yeah. Not moot. I said moo. Um, <laughs> It's kind of a moo point. Uh, so I don't, I think there are things where like there are certain definitely elements of say it's like someone you're married to, or even if you just have a roommate, there's like sometimes little things can kind of get under your skin after a little while. So I, I do understand elements of that too. But uh, then there's also elements of being single where it's like, yeah, there's certain things that were really nice. But then there, there were other things too, where it's like, you know, Jared, sometimes, sometimes you just want to be held, you know, I know I do. <laughs> I, I love that. It's very comforting. Uh, and uh, I'm a big fan of the back scratch. Uh, receiving, not giving, because I've been told so I don't give, so the give very good the, back scratches. The equivalent of like a, a scratching stick? Uh, yes, but uh, it's... it's uh, Like a claw doing in the it end? yourself is never the same because you have to... You're moving, whereas like if you can just put your head down and you got your shirt off and you can have someone scratch your back, oh, it's very... Very good, Jared. So that's something you can't get when you're single. Right. Uh, I mean, you could pay someone to do that easily downtown somewhere. Yeah. Co- sure. Or ask a coworker. Ask a coworker. Hey, yeah. You knew uh, rub my back a little bit. Um, well, and they'd be the asshole if they said no. Well, yeah, because you're not you're not like suggesting anything anything more. Yeah. You know. Uh, what was I talking about? Yeah. So uh, I think it does do a decent job of showing those two things. Um, so there's a lot of good Ozu stuff. Like I think the kids are good. I think a lot of the dynamics are good between the people, but there are a few things that do definitely bring it down for me. It is, it is too long. Uh, I, and I know people get mad at us, but like oh, they hate us. two hours and f- two hours and five minutes is too long for yeah. this movie. Oh, I, I think letterbox has it at 135, but it is in fact two hours and five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like um, – so full disclosure, I did fall asleep watching this. The first, <laughs> okay. It took me two days to watch this movie. So I got about 40 minutes in and I, I full-on fell asleep because uh, I was tired. And I woke up and I did I did rewind it. I didn't just like power on because I was asleep for like half an hour or something like that. Right. Um, and then uh, – so I fell asleep. I woke up and I was like, I can't watch this right now. So I finished it the next day. Um, it's a little long and then – there is there's definitely some of the ozu stuff where even though it's like a lot of his good things it's i think there is a overexposure of some of those things too where it's like i've seen a lot of this before and like i know like thinking chronologically it's like this came before like say good morning and stuff like that but in terms of criterion spines because that's all we care about that's right uh, i was like uh, for my viewership i was like i've seen a lot of these ozu things before and i feel like i've already already kind of watched this movie and it was done better in those other movies where it kind of he was able to focus narrow in on those certain elements that were right. good so it's it's good and it's good and it's okay. You know what I mean? It's a decent enough show, but there's there were a few things that I was like, well, meh, meh. I just made sounds and I uh, 
I mean, I mean, I, I, mean I, yeah, I think it's, I think it says it all. Those sounds. <laughs> but yeah, decent enough, I De- guess. Dece. Dece. Pretty dece by mm-hmm. director Yashishiro Ozu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to hear about who hates <laughs> this movie? I mean, how many people have watched Early Summer? Do you think? How many? Well, let's take a look. Well, oh, we actually don't. We, we actually one. don't. We don't actually don't know how many people have actually watched it, but we know how many people True. have logged it in some fashion on Letterboxd, and it's eight one point one k. See, that also includes the people who are. I think it's on watch list possibly too. I don't know True. if it appears in fifty six hundred lists. It's Why? also apparently number one hundred and eighty two in the Letterboxd top two fifty. Wow, it's part of the. It's part of the club, of yeah. which I've seen seventy. I've seen seventy six percent of them. I have seen fifty six. Not too shabby. You know, whatever. Parasite's number one on this list. The fuck. The fuck. Of course it does. That's the world we live in, RJ. Wow. Gold, goldfish. Goldfish memories. Goldfish memories? Do you think uh, people still talk uh, that affectionately about um, Roma? Probably. It's 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 still in that window, but yeah. I, I no one talk, no one watches Shape of Water anymore. Hey, what about and that, uh, that the, one? Best picture. Yes, it did. What about the artist? That one, best picture Ooh, too. Bird, Birdman. <laughs> Birdman. Wow. These are like our go-to movies, aren't they? Like, like if you think about like we we talk about more about these bad sh- like these movies mm-hmm. we don't like more than we talk about the movies we really like. I think uh, the very best depressing. Re- it is depressing, but that's what the job is, right? I think the best review we've ever got for the podcast was that guy who was like, I've listened to a few of these people's podcasts and my takeaway is that they don't like movies. It's pretty good. I was like, that's that's very good. Nailed, that's, uh, nailed it. It's accurate. So who hates this movie? Uh, first up, well, I will go with uh, a half-star review from Sydney Palercio. What's that? Palercio? Sure, sure it is. <laughs> I fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> Oh, wow. See, I did too, but I didn't let it get get me down, you know? I guess they didn't go back and watch it. Uh, That's probably likely. I mean, but they did give In the Mood for Love five stars. Okay. And they gave uh, Grave of the Fireflies five stars and All That Jazz five stars. But one of their favorite movies, allegedly, is Parasite. Yeah, of course it is. I'm sure you would... uh, guess but let's look at some of their other half star reviews because i know that's what you're itching if they gave early summer half a star do you think they also gave the florida project a half a star it's a wonderful life a half a star jared do you think it's a wonderful life is equal half a star rating to bohemian rhapsody Hmm. that's what sydney pelle also rated so interesting indeed uh next up andy torino two stars i don't understand how this movie could be so highly placed in ozu's filmography easily one of the director's most predictable average works 
Not mm. only is the runtime a chore to get through, but the overall theme is so broadly presented that I can't help but feel like this was the result of Ozu's determination to make a life cycle out of a film, as he stated in his diary whilst discussing early summer. Steering mm. away from a clear plot and sticking more to the naturalistic aspect of family life and everyday life is exactly what prevents this movie from being successful in its message delivery. Plenty of unnecessary scenes that stretch beyond reason, plenty of motifs and secondary characters that don't bring anything refreshing to the table, and a script that feels like a half-baked draft for some of Ozu's later titles that handled similar storylines with much more subtlety and wit. If you also add a good number of well-below-average performances, Early Summer ultimately ends up being one of Ozu's most underwhelming efforts. Fucking just... They took that knife, RJ, and they just Mm -hmm. dug it in between the ribs and twisted. Well, I mean, that's Andy Torino for you, bud. If you want, you can check out their film blog at lifefilmlove.com. Wow. Uh, one of their favorite movies is Love Streams, which uh, we're going to be getting into that. Uh, uh, what was I calling uh, Cassavetes a couple weeks ago? John or Nick Cassavetes or something like that? Or Paul Cassavetes? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, you know, Paul Cassavetes? You're like, who the fuck are you talking about? Anyways, uh, they like Love Streams. They love the long goodbye. Uh, here's some half star films, Jarrett. Uh, Back to the Future. Oh man, is a half a star. Okay, that's just so that's Which absurd. I find humorous. That, that's absurd because yeah, Back is. to the Future is a pretty amazing movie. It is so it is. well. It is so well made, and the fact that it's like people dump on it like you're a dummy if you like that movie. It's like, are you fucking kidding? It's that I don't. I've never understood that when the, people are like, watch Back to the Future. It's like it's a I, good I, movie. All, all that like the opening of that movie is amazing. It's so good. Yeah. The, that whole it's, movie is it's just, the, it's the panning shot of those clocks and it's just the yeah. sound of the clocks ticking all like in unison and the camera just rolls over. There's no music and then you get the credits and then you get to the back to the future title that comes up and it's just like, Oh my God, it's so good. Like it's like so obvious, but it's like, it's so well done. And how can you hate this? I think people hate it because it's so because people love it so much in like a way mm-hmm. that like it's pretty cringy. It's like people who get really into like it's it's like the nebula of Back to the Future and Jur- Jurassic Park, pop yeah. vinyls, MCU. It's like all this like I don't know. It's the most obvious movies that people. I just love these movies. They're so great. And you're like, well, you know, there are other movies that exist. Oh, yeah, they're boring though. It's like because they just watch like '80s movies and Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Ghostbusters also is part of the nebula. Ghostbusters, and uh-huh. they, they can't actually include the Transformers movies, which are garbage. But they love the the toys. What about Fight Club? Just for uh, pro- uh well, the, for pro- prosperity. Maybe throw that in there. I mean, I think you're Back to the Future, Jurassic Park. Uh, Ghostbusters and probably Empire or like Empire, some yeah. kind of yeah Empire or some Star Wars and and uh, Christopher Nolan's like the a genius <laughs> he is but uh, that's a different story for a different day that's right I just find it funny that Back to the Future is a half star they also gave Antichrist a half star uh, Pain and Gain a half star Pain and Gain Aww, it's, not some, it's, not so uh, bad. it's not too bad in- interesting filmmaking well I can I uh, see people that feels like an objection on it to it on some sort of like ethical level uh yeah. and like they don't like michael bay because even like i i'm I'm not a bay head but even i like appreciated pain and gain the uh, how can you not love uh dwayne johnson's dumbest man in the world turn it's it's, it's pretty goddamn it's good it's great it's almost as good as uh thomas hayden church in killer joe never seen it and uh i don't have an opinion on it 
Uh, the last thing I'll say about uh, Andy Torino, a lot of the five-star movies are what you'd expect. Yep. But then, Jared, five stars to Hail Caesar, Ooh. which is we know that's worst. We know that's not true. Which is the worst. Yeah, not not true at all. And then uh, the, I find it's not, this the, it's not the worst. It's, just... it's the worst of their movies, I think. Ah, Intolerable Cruelty? Uh, it's been a really long time since or I've seen it. Or Lady Killers, which I oh, don't... Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I forgot. Yeah, no, they've got some stink. A, couple, okay, well, it's, a little it's, bit of stink. It's not a good movie. Yeah. Uh, but the other the the other two five stars I think are funny is uh, Blade Runner twenty forty forty nine, and then it's funny that he talks about how Ozu he's like I've seen all this before, and then he gave five stars to The Irishman, and it's like hmm, interesting. interesting. <laughs> wow, we've really come full circle tonight. I know it's just it's that easy. <sighs> it's, it's like poetry. So Eric Bergstrom. Two and a half stars we'll wrap okay. up with. This is the first movie I watched on the Criterion channel. I also watched it for my movie club. What movie club do you think he's in? I don't know. Let's find out. Okay, well, his favorite movies are horror movies, Psycho Carrie Halloween. Whoa. He just gave Bloodhook four stars. Wow. Which uh, I I watched that movie and I completely forgot what even happened in that movie the next day. Uh, I don't know, man. This dude's got some pretty good taste. Five stars to Freddy Got Fingered. Yeah. Uh, five yeah. stars to Blair Witch Project. Five stars to American Movie, Jarrett. You know American Movie? I know that American Movie. Five stars to Hook. All very good shows. Uh, let's go to some half-star films here. Uh, Geostorm, that comes up a lot. Phantasm <laughs> Ravager, yeah, that was a bad show. Uh, fuck, that... Mm. I don't know what club this guy's in, but maybe I, we should get in on this. Is it? Uh, I mean, maybe it's a fuck club. Oh, he gave uh, this dude gave Scott Pilgrim one star. Her one star. Well, it's now Super it's now star. popular to hate Scott Pilgrim, though. I've heard that. I've that, heard that, that 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 seems to be the new one. I'll give uh, uh, <laughs> a man because it was like the anniversary, like the ten year yeah. anniversary of it, the like last weekend, like or two last week, week or two weekends yeah. ago, and I remember like seeing people just like hating on him, like whoa. No, yeah, I, I no ARJ uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is the thirteenth highest average weighted movie on uh, Letterboxd. We'll cool. see if people oh, are come still on. talking about that. Satan next year. Tango, bullshit. I mean, no one's even watched. People don't even watch this movie. It's like people it's like it's like how, it's like how Human Condition Part One, Two, and Three are on so high on this list. It's like, I mean, it's so highly rated on average, but it's like, well, do we weigh this against how many people have seen it? Because I don't know. I, I guess I, you could. I call... Uh, this doesn't feel... Baloney? Cor- correct. Well, it's not baloney. It's based on data. But, yeah, I don't know if the weighting uh, takes that into account. Well, people's opinions are sometimes... But, hey, Paddington 2 is 200. <sighs> See, that should be number 14 over uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I mean, this is a much more interesting list, I think, than the IMDb Top 250. And it's definitely more because it has Satan Tango than the Edgar on it. Wright one thousand. Well, yeah, I bet you'd probably watch more of his movies than you'd watch any of these, though, RJ. To be probably, fair. but I, yeah. how many of these movies am I going to come across just doing Criterion Collection, though? Many. Yeah. Well, you, so actually, like, there's probably there's actually a pretty good crossover between these. Yeah, I I'm not I don't have the list up, but when I was looking at it, I was like, yeah, there's there's a few in here. Okay, let's see here. 
Edgar There's Wright. There's a few. 76% for the one. And for Edgar Wright 1000, they just call it. I have seen... No way. eighty. I've actually seen more of the Edgar Wright 1000 than I have seen. Really? Yep. 82% of his compared to 76% of the letterbox salon. So you're a big Edgar Wright head or what? Apparently, I might be. I just might be, RJ. Damn. I, I I'll never... have to watch that Cornetto trilogy all over again. Oh, God. Watch Spaced. Uh, see, you know, I, I used to be a big Edgar Wright uh, supporter. And then uh, things like hearing the Cornetto trilogy just kind of like... Makes your heart sink. It's just like, I just don't... Just watch Star Trek instead, dude. You know? Right? Maybe. Right? Maybe. Well, I think we did a good job, and uh, no one can have anything bad to say about us this time. Oh, Surely. they they will. Uh, well, actually, Ozu's early summer I, I came at this no one, point in no, his no one's gonna, no, no, no one's ever going to listen to this episode. Oh, because they'll hear the first five seconds, and they'll be like, eh. Yeah. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm just counting how many of these movies we're going to wind up watching. Ten. Oh, wow. Little Women. Like the new Little Women's on this list, too. The new Little Women? Yeah. See, that's a, it's kind of like what you said, the uh, goldfish memories. It's kind of, I feel like it's a flavor 19, of the month thing. Like Little 18, Women, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Parasite. 19, like they're good movies, but I, I don't think they're well, going to the, have the lasting potential that it, people it'll, think. It'll even out. It always does. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got 20, 22 of 58 of the movies I haven't seen for this uh, IMDb. Top 250 narrative feature films I have. We'll, we will eventually see because they are included in the Criterion Collection. Hmm. Well, is that good? It's not bad. It is what it is. Any final thoughts here on early summer? Uh, I would like to have Uzu with Ozu. Uzo? Uzo with Ozu? Ono? What am I talking about? No one. I No one. Everyone's just stopped thinking about that. We're, I think I stopped thinking. We're beyond that. I think, yeah, a long time ago. Um, Is that good? After the break. Yeah, yeah. Life goes on, you know. Does it? This is a fleeting thing. Is what, it? Ha- what happens when this goes off the air? You go back to living your life. <clears throat> and guess what? In a week, you'll be back with us. People want to hear about DS9. In the blink of an eye. You know? All good things. All good things, buddy. Hanging in the window In the evening on a Friday night Little light is shining through the window Let me know everything's alright Summer breeze Makes me feel fine Blowing through the jasmine in my mind 
That could be the title of our last podcast. <laughs> All good things. All good, All good things. It'll be five minutes long, and we'll just say, "Hey, well, we had a good run." I am the I, well, I, I when I took the next generation test. I'm Picard, so I get. I mean, you could be like in you. You could be in your judicial robes, like uh-huh. this, like you. Yeah, I guess. And then just for us though, because it wouldn't we there would be no video, right? It would just be. Well, you could play like what's is it? Uh, Jesse's girlfriend in Breaking Bad. What's her name? One of the, oh, uh, one of the yeah, that's uh, Kristen Ritter. Kristen Ritter. Yeah, and then it's in the, real life, and then and, and then her dad. Her dad's played by Q. And, and, and causes the plane to crash. I didn't realize because yeah. I didn't know who Q was at the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's continuity though. That Q, I mean, who, who, who's to say Q didn't have a stint on Earth where he like had a family? He could have. He could, he could do anything he wants. He, he can do space anything. Space and time. He could just go back and be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go be a sad dad." I think Q, Q grew on me near the end. When I the first episode with Q, mm-hmm. I was like, "Q is annoying." Yeah. I was like, "I don't, I don't like Q." And then near the end, you're like, "Okay." He's a well, little bit better. Let me tell you, RJ, you're going to have uh, plenty of uh, more exposure to Q. In DS9? In all of Star Trek. Damn. That dude really got a cherry gig, hey, where he could just pop up on Star Trek once in a while. And then he can show up at conventions. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I mean, I, I bet he's a hot commodity. Q. You can email us at criteriaqs at gmail.com and tell us about Q. And ask your Ooh. Q questions. Wow, I thought we were done like 20 minutes ago. And not to be confused with the Q of Jean Gmeshi. That's a whole different story. Okay. We I don't know. Yeah. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. And we've got a Patreon. Cough it up, choppers. What about OnlyFans? Next week. Mm. Oh, what a way to end the fucking summer, RJ. <laughs> oh, how's that? It's like a fucking Indian burn rather than a summer. Is that. Wait. Is that where you get your, like, the hands are on your arm and they both yeah, twist different directions? Like a snake bite. Yeah, a snake bite. Some people call it an Indian burn. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, they used to. They used to. But they, 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 were, they, were, they got canceled. They did. They did. Are we getting canceled now? You know, so it's funny. I just realized Jean Renoir. It's like RJ, but backwards. How do you know it's not the same guy? Renoir Jean? Is that you? Oi. Oh, not me. One of the most overrated, average, great directors there is. And we've got three of his late period films to watch, courtesy of the Criterion Collection. The Golden Coach from 1952, French Can Can from 1954, and Alina and Her Men from 1956. Holy shit. Huge. What's the runtime here, bud? I don't know. Like, days? 
Okay, well, I'm done forever, I suppose. I, I think we're looking at like five and a half hours. Whew, that's a lot of DS9. Maybe four, four and a half, maybe? No, no, no. It'll be looking at five and a half hours this weekend. But hey, I'd rather like, you know, it's like tearing off a Band-Aid. That's like six hours of DS9. Yeah, I know. Gone. Eat, snatched right up. What is Avery Brooks going to say about that? Who's Avery Brooks? You'll find out. Okay. Cisco. Who? You'll see. You'll know. I don't know what any of that means. You'll find out. Okay. Leave women alone. Me, personally? All of you. Leave them be. What? Good night. Uh, Yeah, I thought we were done like two hours ago, so see you later.